Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 11, entitled Knots Untie. I wrote Episode 10 in my in my thing, but I know it's not Episode 10. Mm. Uh, what does it mean? It means I fucked up. Okay. So, what do you think of this episode? I thought it was a, a, a great episode. Yeah. yeah. Great. It was good. It was it was real solid. I felt like... I mean, like... On, on, the, on the Walking Dead scale, it's great. There are things <laughs> happening... Because there are things uh-huh. happening, there are interesting conversations that are right. happening. Because there's inter- in- interesting conversations happening, there's clever dialogue being exchanged. Like a universe yeah. of possibilities are opening up. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, I there's there's endlessly entertaining Jesus puns. <laughs> yep. Like, honestly, I'm getting a, a belly laugh every 15 minutes out of this show just from the Jesus, you're back. Uh-huh. We're, we're 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 friends with Jesus. Like it's it's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was real good too. Uh, I I don't I wouldn't say it's like the finest stuff that Walking Dead's ever done. No, but it's, but it's no, no no no. You know, it, there wasn't anything like glaringly obviously wrong with it, and that, like you said, a lot of stuff was happening because it felt yeah. like it needed to happen, not just like yeah. Well, we're gonna go on a run and it's gonna be silly for a while, but yeah, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed last last week and and this week yeah i feel like the kind of you know if you're talking about all-time greats the kind of thoughtful walking dead that we were exposed to in season one is never coming back the best we can kind of hope for is a plot driven interesting uh you occasionally humorous episode of the walking dead and you know these last two are pretty good like whether they can Uh do another one i I don't know i I don't i i'm (laughs) trying to think their record doesn't doesn't bode well. I'm trying but. to think like the last really good three season three three episode arc. It's tough. I mean, I, I know that that with with Herschel fighting the disease in the prison was oh, was was pretty good. There were the yeah the series of I episodes. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I've got I've got uh, cautiously high hopes. Okay. For the next episode, I think with good reason they've strung together a couple of good ones here. And- yeah, and there's obvious like I'm I'm not I mean I guess they could break away to a, a side party episode the the dreaded mm-hmm. Tara Heath episode. Uh huh. But they've got enough momentum. They got obvious places to go. I hope they just stay with this and and see where it, see where it uh, ends up. Yeah. All but, right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before? We yeah. Get into there's it? Some 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 people wanted me to talk about uh, what you get our um, get our opinion of what AMC is doing with the trailers for The Walking Dead or the promos okay. for The Walking Dead because they've taken to airing in prime time the day after the original airing. So we're talking about Monday night, as early as Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Last week on The Walking Dead, Rick fucked Michonne, Carl got his eye blown out, and, you know, Jesus came from Return from the Dead. What are you going to miss this week? And it's like, they give you all the big spoiler beats of the episode. Do, I, I mean, what what is the upside of that strategy? Because if you are not watching The Walking Dead, or if you're DVRing it to watch later... Doesn't that infuriate you? Uh, it probably would. I I can't like. I mean, I got to look at it from the other side and say, okay, what are they trying to accomplish? That's what with I'm that? saying. Yeah, yeah. So of course that's going to upset some people. Yes. Uh, one day later, dropping all the major spoilers before they've had a chance to watch the episode is going to be hugely angering yeah. to a lot of people. But from the other side, what do they get out of it? And I I can't see the upside to it. The only thing I can think of is 
you know, the audience has fallen off a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if they're trying to cater to, like, the the comic book fans might have wandered away because they were just so slow getting the things and be like, hey, hey, gee, this, you know, some stuff that you are excited, might be excited about is happening. And also, we got this crazy Maybe. thing, Rick sleeping with Michonne. I, I wonder if they're trying to lure, these are aimed at people who kind of noped out of the show and are like, whoa, Rick and Michonne got together? That's crazy. I need to tune into that. Are there, s- right, right. And then so if they're doing the not calculus, just comic book readers, but also people who have stopped watching. Yeah, yeah. they're like a person is either downloading or DVRing the show is probably uh-huh. not watching TVs with TV with commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I guess <laughs> they're trying that they're, they're hoping that the net catches more fish than it kills. Yeah, whales maybe. and to, I, uh-huh. you know the, the, and porpoises. I, I don't know. I thought it's an interesting tactic. Uh, okay, I can see that. It's a lot of the stuff, kind of you know like. We we it's been an endless source of discussion, like the Talking Dead, and mm-hmm. some of its uh, different tactics and the way it's kind of tone deaf way it, it initially engages the audience. I just I don't know I don't know. It seems like that, that yeah it seems like they just don't give a shit about DVR people or people that are watching this you know plus three plus five. Days. Yeah, no screw those people. They want their ratings right away. All right, uh, we want to plug our club at uh, club.baldmove.com. And today it's it's leap day. Is it leaking? Is the club leaking? No, it's it's le- leap day, not leap oh, day. Oh, leap day. And okay. and this is an exciting leap day is an exciting uh, a, a day if you're a programmer. It's it's time to see if all your shoddy libraries <laughs> correctly support it in the date calculation. So That's true. if you want to have a nice experiment, you could sign up for the club today. Maybe you get four free de- years, <laughs> and you won't be charged again for four years. Maybe you'll get charged infinity. Uh, Who knows? We certainly don't. I definitely don't. I'm curious though. <laughs> so see, so see when the when it renews next time on two twenty nine. It'll be four years from now. Uh, might be a smashing deal. Yeah, uh, but uh, you get a lot of uh, interesting features, a lot of useful features. You get ad free podcasts. It's great. Don't have to listen to this anymore. Get access to lunch with Jim and Aaron. Uh, and on the rocks of Jim and Aaron, which is a variety show that we do on video, yep. but also uh, now in podcast form. We released That's audio right. of those, and uh, people have been reclaiming it the, their favorite podcast that we do, shockingly enough. Yeah, yeah. It's something where we kind of shoot the shit and talk about topics of the day. Yeah, and if you want to join the live show, you can chime in and get on the Q&A app and suggest topics and, and uh, contribute that way. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of other bonus features, so you can find all that stuff about, uh, or all that stuff about the club at club.baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. If you sign up for a year, it's as little as a buck a month. Pretty fantastic value. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to bother with that and you do shop on Amazon, please remember to use amazon.baldmove.com. It's so simple. It takes you right to Amazon, and everything you purchase on that session, we get a teeny tiny cut of. And it does a it goes a long way towards paying the bills around here. And to everyone that has supported us in the past or is currently supporting us, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All right, enough of this. Shall okay. we get into the episode? Yeah. This is Knots Untied. Uh, why was it called Knots Untied? I, I don't know. Uh, I was looking for a knot metaphor that's being untied, but it seems like things are coming together. I mean, was there... was. Abraham's necklace secured with a knot around his neck because I untied. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I, I really couldn't tell you. It's like if, if he had broke up with Rosita, assuming mm-hmm. he breaks up with Rosita, because I've got a lot of questions about his mental state and what the hell he's doing. I, that could have been a knots untied episode, but like I didn't see any metaphoric or physical knots being tied or untied. Yeah, I, I wonder if... like I'm trying to think about the hilltop 
crew if maybe the stabbing of Gregory was not untying, but we don't care about them yet. He doesn't seem so like a like, knot. He seems like a kink that just needs to be worked out. <laughs> right, right. Um, I have comments about Gregory, but uh, I, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. It's It seemed like a strange name. He's the kind of knot like, you know, you put away your Christmas lights for the year and you get them back. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, look at all these knots. It's not like, oh, this is something that was holding my shoelace together. And mm-hmm. Anyway... Uh, Abraham Abraham walks in to the gates of Alexandria with his squeeze Sasha, and he's telling her a colorful military story. One of his many squeezes, I think. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's squeezing a lot lately. Squeezing too many oranges for this man's orange juice, if you ask my opinion. Uh, he's talking about how this is a brave new world because he sees kids growing around or growing around. They're growing around too, but they're playing. Do they in plant? The are they are they planting kids now? I mean, Rick's taken to gun he's farming. Got gun farming the he's kid, got sure. corn farming. Now is he planting kids? Yeah, he found this book by, by <laughs> I found this book by Xavier Roberts. It's talking about how you could grow kids from cabbage patch. I think we should try it. We cannot <laughs> let the dead win. Uh, you know, it's exactly what he's doing. Uh, and Abraham's questioning, like, why would a guy like Glenn, because the Glenn and Maggie news is spread at this point, why why would you make a baby in this world? Yeah, and Sasha seems like. You know, maybe that you're answering your own question. Like, do you just, if you don't make babies, eventually the planet is dead. It's true. Like, you got to have the. It's a war of attrition in some yeah. respects. You got to. Yeah. You got to replenish your numbers. So I guess it's like one of those things where it's like, when do you jump into the market? You're going to be an early adopter, might get your fingers burnt, or are you going to be mm. one of those late investors? You don't just get the return of, on investment. No. Wait till you're 70 to father a child. That's not a good, not a good plan. Nope. Not even for a man like Abraham. Uh, so Abraham's looking forward to macking on her again another day, and she says, you know what? Awful slow about getting rid of your side piece, So, or actually your main piece. I'm your side piece at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to peace out, leave you with Eugene. Yeah. And Abraham doesn't know what to make of it. Smash cut to him dreaming, I think, of Sasha while he's sleeping with Rosita. But he's mm-hmm. also buttering Rosita up like nothing is wrong. Like, I'm deeply... I, I don't like what he's, what's happening here. He hasn't made a decision yet. Abraham's waffling. Why? He's, he's pancaking and he's waffling both in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure how good Rosita is, but Abraham seems to think she's pretty good. Well, that's th- at what she does. See, I felt like they've muddied the waters because I know you and I talked about this last season. I never saw Abraham and Rosita as anything more than fuck buddies. Right. Uh, like, that's just, they, they happened together. They had physical need. They're letting Eugene. It was kind of fun. Like, it wasn't serious. Mm-hmm. This episode is making me feel like Rosita has gotten serious. And now I'm like, ugh. Right. I, and I'm not sure Abraham is totally serious about it, though. Well, like. There's, there seem to be different expectations on both sides of yeah. this, I think, um, yeah. with what we know about Abraham and Sasha. I I think this is maybe resolved even a little bit later on in the episode. I think Abraham has a little bit of... There's definitely some... I wanted some discussion uh, to have about that. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to go too deep into it yet. But I want to say, here's my fundamental, um, even though I think, uh, you know, again, great episode, but my fundamental problem with this is I don't buy the chemistry between Abraham and Sasha. I don't like it it seems like they want me to think that Abraham and her have bonded over these things they've mutually lost and their kind of shared suicidal, crazy, fuck it all attitude. But 
I, you know, and that that would be fine if Rosita was just, you know, they're just friends with benefits, but it seems mm-hmm. like they have some genuine chemistry and she's got feelings for the guy more so than I feel between him and Sasha. Like I'm buying their relationship okay. more than Sasha. Yeah. They've been together longer too. Yeah. So, so it's like, I don't know whether that's just um, a, a screen chemistry thing or that's what I'm yeah. supposed to, because they're talking about, you know, you can't fake chemistry, which you could read that as him. I guess ironically making the comment that there's no chemistry between him and Rosita. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm. I feel like I again. Once again, I, shit like this makes me think I'd be way into soap operas if I let myself. <laughs> you probably would, because I'm like half of my. I got more notes about this shit than I do about killing zombies this week. Uh, <laughs> the young and the donkey licked. <laughs> that's your. <laughs> that's your soap opera. The dolphin smooth and donkey licked. Um, anyway. She makes him a necklace out of a brake light. I joked last night that it's in the shape of his mustache. It's not really, but it's also just it's just a piece of polished brake yeah, light. He he goes he, like all in on that. He's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you made this. This is astounding. You're the perfect woman." I don't know why he's so impressed by this necklace. Missed a but... golden opportunity to break off things clean. God damn it! You know I hate necklaces. I'm out. <laughs> Do I look like a man who wears jewelry? <laughs> Next next day, he's out with uh, Sasha in the streets. Like you know, that's, yep. that's how you that's how you do. I don't know. And then he she he says she's damn near perfection. Like there's multiple ways I can. Uh, what I'm trying to get at with this Physically, chemistry and perfection. Maybe. Like there's more. There's multiple ways I could take this. Like you're mm-hmm. close perfection, but you're not perfection. Sasha is right. But I just like I said, I'm not like Rick and Michonne. Yeah, that shit jumps off the page. This mm-hmm. stuff is like not on the page. It's not on the same library shelf. They got ripped I, out and thrown away. I don't know. I, I like it from... They obviously don't care about the Rosita angle, right? They, like, they're not trying to service Rosita in these scenes at all. Well, Abraham's trying to service well, Rosita. Apparently. But <laughs> what they're really trying to do is convey what's going on with Abraham and his thoughts about this whole thing. And I think they're doing an okay job with that. Like, well, regardless yes. of the chemistry, I think Honestly. the plot here is working really well to sell me on what Abraham's going through. Honestly, if Abraham was just neutral in this scene mm-hmm. and not just, like, all about Rosita, I think it would have... Yeah, because I would have bought... That should have blown he's up into an argument. Himself, when they're just showing his dumb face, uh-huh. I'm getting what he's thinking and what's going on. Right. But if they'd had, like, you know, that like it's just not working out, or if he's just kind of, like, you know, clearly trying to fake the attraction, but I'm buying all the shit that he's faking, so... Hey, I mean, I guess he's good at faking it, you know? I mean, <laughs> Maybe. plenty of people are, so it's yeah. not like... That's no, unrealistic. Or I, that's what I'm just, saying. Like, I, it's fucking with me. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm okay. just saying, like, okay. uh, I, I, I don't like it in a way that you know. Obviously, I didn't have any problems with Rick and Michonne. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Maybe you went zom- the other maybe direction. Maybe Zombie can come and eat Rosita next episode, so we can just start off Sasha. I don't think. I don't think a Zombie needs to. Sasha Ham. I, I think it's. I think the writing's on the wall there. Okay. Already. Okay. All right. Uh, Maggie's burning the midnight oil, building tomato trellises with PVC pipe. Uh, she's worried that uh, they're trying to double the crop volume, but on the other hand, she hasn't even seen a single bud on these tomatoes. Has she seen the Martian? Because, I mean, she needs to no. figure out that, A, tomatoes are not the way to go. No, the, unfor- that's one of the most unfortunate things about the zombie apocalypse. It prevented the Martian from ever being made. I mean, they've planted cucumbers, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Cucumbers. Yeah, one of the most calor- <laughs> calorically deficit thing yeah it's crunchy water we saw what happened with Lori. i mean <laughs> someone's just gonna be in the kitchen cutting cucumbers and enid's gonna get out yeah 
all hell's going to break loose on the farm. Yep. I'm sorry, Alexandria. Yep. Well, you know, it's it's they're trying to make it a farm. They're doing a poor job of it. Yeah. And then isn't Maggie a farmer? Doesn't she know the difference between <laughs> she fucking farmers market shit and crops? She is, which I'm yeah. I mean, if you if you want calories, plant calories, not tomatoes. Yeah. But uh, wh- whatever, they're they're making do with what they got. Maybe they don't have potato seeds or whatever. Another survival gripe. Uh, this whole why are they using PVC pipe for trellis work? Like those, you could just go out in the woods and get sticks and tie them up like that. Mm, like that's true. Is, does the world no longer need PVC pipe? Are your plumbing is your plumbing going to last forever? Do I'm, you have a PVC factory making shit? Because you got a forest making wood twenty four seven. I imagine there probably is a a surplus of PVC around. Yeah. Like I, that shit breaks down in ultraviolet light. That sh- you, 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 all the, well, if you're sitting in an empty well, Home Depot, okay. I mean, you're not going to get much. You're ultraviolet right. PVC light. probably low on the loot list. I think so. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they it, see, wait is is the PVC cold rolled? <laughs> because if it is, people are going to be looting that up. Yeah, immediately. That's, that's what the the C in the PVC <laughs> stands for. Cold rolled. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, so they see Abraham and Denise, uh, having a confrontation and running off and they decide to investigate because Jesus is up in Carl's house and he's looking at his artwork and Carl's none too happy with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was, this is a pretty good scene because Jesus says what he thinks is going to make Carl relax. Hey, I'm waiting for your mom and dad to get relaxed. But you can see Carl, like, what the fuck, my mom, like, I, you don't, you're a stranger. You don't know my situation at all. Right. My and got his and head he doesn't off. know the situation at this point, so, like, he's yes. learning new news through yes. Jesus. Except for, like, I took it as not like, oh, Rick's bone and Michonne. It's more like, this guy doesn't know my dad or my mom. He's right. just trying to snow me, thinking I'm a kid. It's, but I feel like there's a lot, there's a little bit of confusion on Carl's part, too, though. Right. Like my for mom? sure, what for sure? Who's dad with? Because if What's he's convinced that Jesus is up to no good, he just blown his skull off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he does make the stink eye, and about then the whole group converges because I don't know how they found out that the Jesus is broken free, but they have, and they all meet up and you know, probably the guard finally realized it. Re- how he went in went to check, in, on, check him on him, give him yeah. breakfast or something, and. Oh, not there. He, he he woke up, started awake, like, oh, whoa, Jesus is gone. <laughs> saw a Jesus-shaped hole in the drywall <laughs> where he jumped through. Sure. You can't cover every piece of drywall in a building. Uh, so Jesus lays it all out for him, the situation. Uh, and I, I think this makes sense. Like, the reason he escaped is to come back with leverage. You know, if he stays in the... Uh, if he stays in a cell and waits to talk to him, he doesn't know how many people there are. He doesn't know how many supplies they have. It's, right. He goes out and does all this reconnaissance, and then he's coming and negotiating from a position of strength. It's just smart. Just smart. I'm getting the sensation that Jesus is smart. Yeah, and I I don't know how smart Gregory is, but he does basically the same thing later on. Yeah. Uh, with, with wanting to get information before talking to people, and it's... I don't know if that's standard operating procedure at the Hilltop, but uh-huh. it seems like it. We also get a pretty... I took it as a hard count of how many people are in Alexandria. 54? Yeah. Uh, Maggie says double that, but that seemed purely like posturing. I think Jesus yeah. got the fucking lay of the land. He might be yeah. off by a few, but he's not off by 50. No way. No. Uh, and he asserts that they're on the same side, the side of the living. And I, I really... This seemed like an exchange amongst equals. Yeah, and and everybody understood 
I think, what the situation was. There was people telling lies. Those lies were acknowledged and not called out. And nobody was, like, you know, bluffing and blustering. Well, there's bluffing, but no blustering. And it just seemed like smart, level-headed people negotiating. And I liked it. Yeah. And and kind of laying it all all out on the table, too. You know, sure, Jesus is lying occasionally, but he's also... Uh, speaking some truth, and Rick is acknowledging it. He's picking up what Jesus is putting down. He's acting like what Rick's group would act like. like yeah, if, and if, I think if, that's if he the was key. just openly telling the truth, you'd think he's a rube. If he uh-huh. was blatantly telling all kinds of malicious lies, you'd expect that he was a bad guy. Yeah, this is kind of what like it would be like to make first contact with Rick's group. Huh? Unless they try to torture you with applesauce. And I think that's why Rick is buying what he's talking about here. Yeah. Like, they're still being cautious, too, which I, I really like. You know, they're not just like, all right, Jesus, take us to your to your town. Sure. Uh, when they get on the road, you know, they're keeping Jesus out of the building so right. he can't fuck with them while they get, while they clear it out. Just like a lot of real smart stuff on their part. Gotta keep Jesus separate. <laughs> okay. Especially where are we going with this? I don't Church know. state separation yeah, thing? It's exactly where I was going. Okay. Because, you know, they crashed into a government building and you let Jesus in there and God knows what happens. The Constitution just bursts into flames. Anyway, uh, so there's a couple things that are exciting ideas. Okay. They're talking about trading, which gives Alexandria. Uh, you know, a clear path forward into survival. But Jesus talks about trading with multiple communities, a post-apocalyptic economics and foreign policy. Mm. I mean, this this really opens a door for a lot more interesting stories. I think so. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to hear about uh, this this stuff. This is the this is like the meat. It's taken six seasons, but we're getting into <laughs> the good part of a zombie apocalypse. That never really. This isn't often portrayed in, in fiction, yeah? Right, right. Because I mean, you don't usually have these sequestered communities. You just have a, a ragtag group of survivors right. out doing their thing. Or you'll have, like I've seen, like, you know, a deserted island outpost where they got a research station, and that's uh-huh. not really relatable. Or you'll have, like, a far-flung future where zombies are used in machinery and tamed and used as, like, that doesn't seem real. This is like, okay, rebooting human civilization. Right. Loving it. Uh Daryl is doing some old school Walking Dead season one, season two RV repair, mm-hmm. uh, getting that shit ready to go on to the trip to Jesus community. Uh, Denise tries to show her appreciation by giving him some Elvish whey bread that's chock full of vitamins and minerals and protein and probably tastes like shit. <laughs> Looks like shit. I know that much. I love their relationship, how they just... She's uncomfortable asking for help or saying you're welcome, and he's uncomfortable receiving praise and having someone give him a hand up. It's just they they can only be friends through this, not passive-aggressive, but like aggressive-aggressive dialogue. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I feel like that's how you need to relate to something. Like, I don't know. Obviously, it didn't work with him and Carol, right? Like, trying to... Carol's motherly way of trying to talk to him and get him to open up and everything. Are you talking about motherly way in like the porno sense, like you know the bo- the, the 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 no crazy incest porn? Like this? No, is, like trying to get him to open up emotionally. This is your mom's and... best friend, and you're a teenage boy, and she's gonna. Sh- God no! What are you talking she's about? She's always she's always doing the hitting on him, like blatant over the top sexual flirting with Daryl. Which just made him kind of giggle. But but I almost felt like that was a joke because he never responded to it. Well, but was it a joke because he never responded to it? Or was Carol, like, you know, playing it off as it was a joke so that she had the plausible mm. deniability? 
I don't know. Either way, she was trying to get him to open up emotionally, and yeah. that never seemed to work. Okay. Daryl would just uh, bind up. And instead, Denise is just trying to have a relationship with him where they both kind of just, you know, give each other shit and, like... They're both they're helping each other too, though. Like there's there's definitely love there, but it's not like I want you to talk emotionally to me, Daryl. Yeah, fuck you. That's bullshit. But they both share the same awkwardness too. Like she's awkward from a nerdy standpoint. He's Uh awkward from a hillbilly standpoint. But the same kind (laughs) of like lack of being able to socially engage with people in a comfortable way. Yeah, I like it. It's the same. Uh, so Rick then takes this opportunity to explain to Carl what just happened. Like, you know, this thing with me and Michonne just happened last night. And he tries to elaborate, and Carl lets him off the hook. So, hey, it's cool. Yeah, that's uh, good. He also says, I'm, st- you know, Rick says, hey, get your stuff ready, come with me, which is something that Carl's been begging for, for seats. Like, you know, please take me as serious as the adults. And now he's mature enough to say, you know what, I'm going to stay behind because, you know, we can't have Father Gabriel taking care of this community. If mm-hmm. shit happens. And I thought, like, Carl getting his eyes blown out uh, and and things going bad with him and Enid have really matured the shit out of him. Yeah, and I, I kind of like, you know, the moment where he, I think, sneaks up on Jesus, like, legitimately gets the drop on him uh, earlier on. Yeah. But I, so what is Rick trying to say here exactly? Uh, obviously, I get the sentiment that he's trying to to convey to Carl like this is not like before but I can't tell if he's talking about Lori or if he's talking about Jesse I think he's talking about Jesse okay okay but I don't remember because both of those broke badly and I I don't remember Carl ever saying one thing or another about Jesse either right which is why it seemed a little strange but it wasn't Carl like this is fucking bullshit I know it wasn't like some big thing so yeah and I like so I was wondering if maybe he wasn't talking about Lori here. Like, look, it could be this this thing happened. Your mom got killed. This thing is happening again. I hope it won't be like it was before. Uh, it doesn't feel that way. Okay. It also okay. could be him saying that, like, this in the terms of my relationship with Michonne. Like this, you know, that this is something more. I don't know. Like, is that a conversation acknowledging you have with that your teenage son? Like, that, hey, I'm not just. I'm. This isn't a buddy fight. This isn't a Rosita right. Abraham situation, son. <laughs> I have feelings for this woman. Uh huh. Yeah, that's kind of what I got from it too. Okay. Uh, he also says a kid with a messed up face wouldn't make the bre- best impression. Yeah, he's not wrong. Well, I first I thought like, and maybe rick thought too that he was being unnecessarily self-deprecating mm-hmm. but i also think that like if you're meeting a society for the first time having a child with its head bandaged up i mean it might raise a bunch of uncomfortable questions like are you using child soldiers are you abusing this boy okay like you know what i'm saying yep that like carl and rick and everybody knows the situation and that but you know you take him to some other community it might be horrifying yeah but I thought that was mature too carl impressing the shit out of me this episode right uh, so Abraham wants to go eat some ass or chew up some asphalt or some shit. I get confused, honestly. Uh, speaking of confused, you know what makes Abraham really confused? What's that? Making babies in the zombie apocalypse. Just That's right. like asking him to divide by zero. He does not get it. <laughs> no, and he's using a colorful metaphor to get his point across. I actually love this scene. I thought it was... It's good. I think the way Glenn plays it, yeah, uh, yeah. Not not Glenn. Yes. Scott Yun plays. Yun, yeah. Christ, you're, you're aroning. What the fuck, man? I haven't said his name in so long because <laughs> he hasn't been a player in a while. Sure. Uh, Steven Yun 
the way he plays the scene is brilliant. I it, yeah, like, agree. The way that it's like he's very confused and he wants to answer Abraham's question, and so he does. And he's been dozing too, so it's not. Like and then he's... he gets it. He's like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, and kinda, I get what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great. It's yeah. it's well written and well acted. Yeah, and you know, like think about what's the first time that these people have been asked to do anything but deliver over the top earnest dialogue about the shitty nature of life to each other. Right. Like as an actor, I I, I bet it's like you know getting the first breath of fresh air after mm-hmm. you've been underwater for a minute. You know, just gulping it up. Yeah. Little variety is servicing these characters well. Yeah. Uh, but he explains, you know, look, we're trying to build something, me and her and, and all of us. Like, you know, it's like, don't look around, Abraham. Like, why are you doing this? This is the natural extension of the project that we're in, uh, undertaking. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, for the record, when I see rain coming, I wear galoshes. I double up. I, I, for the record. What uh, kind of rain are you speaking about, Abraham? <laughs> For the record, Bald Move recommends not doubling up on the galoshes. Yeah, don't double up. That's rule number what, five? Yeah, well, so so we got number one, don't talk to cops. Always number one. Yeah. Number two, always play dead if given the opportunity. Okay. I know. I think there's a third one, but I don't remember. I think, okay, this might be number four. Number four, always du- don't, don't double, double up. Don't double up. Never double up. Don't double I mean, not only is it the risk of tearing, like, crazy increased, but, mm-hmm. like, why are you even having sex if you got a double condom on? Right. Just right. room temperature fleshlight's going to be better than that, man. Come on. Jesus. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh-huh. Uh, Jesus. Is Jesus. Right. Speaking of Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, uh, there's a wrecked, flipped-over car that's got Jesus' friends. Yep. Uh, the friends of Jesus is, I think, what I want to call the hilltop. The apostles community. of Jesus—they were all in one accord, and they f- the, a Honda was Accord, it? It and accord? it flipped over onto its side. Uh, <laughs> he's visibly worried for his friends. He wants a gun, but obviously Rick says, "Nope, you're going to get handcuffed." And he has Maggie guard him, and ingeniously says, "If I whistle, he dies," because they're they're afraid that this is a trap. And yeah. you know, as Daryl points out, uh, this could be a firecracker. How do we know? Again, absolutely. What I'm thinking is, if this is in fact a trap, then Jesus is operating like you know the same thing with what we talked about with the precognition. Box truck. Like, how yeah. the fuck do you have a double, triple, quadruple, quintuple cross no. kind of plan? Like, what what Maggie should have asked is what what if I hear you whistling through your own blood? Like, <laughs> if I can, <laughs> like, is it too late at that point? Right, should I make right, a run right. for it? Well, I guess it's just like, you know, the thing is like, you're going to die. This is kind of, it, it gives Jesus notice that this, this, this is a trick. This is your last time to get out without you personally face, facing consequences. Right. But I liked right. it. It's a, again, I, I feel like it's a right blend of paranoia mm-hmm. and openness that you would expect a, a group like Rick to have, have settled on after so many hard fought victories. And wanting to help. I mean, they follow yeah. these tracks because they realize there are survivors. Yeah. So. You wonder. How does Rick react if Alexander is in a much stronger position? Say they've got plenty of food. I wonder if he mm. is this willing to take risks. But you know, yeah, he might not even meet Jesus' friends. That's something we talked about in other seasons. Like, what would happen if Rick met another group like Rick, mm-hmm. and they're all standing each other, holding guns in each other's faces, and screaming for the others to disarm? And I feel like they did in Jesus. I, mm. I think he's about as close as we've seen, right? Yeah. But if Jesus wasn't armed, you know, that was the thing. Right. Like, if Jesus right. had a gun, uh, it's interesting. Hmm. Uh, so, he might have taken an RPG. 
they're running through this government building, uh, I assume, and it's super dark, and they're just shouting at, we're friends, we're shouting people, we're friends with Jesus, <laughs> we're with Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, it's pretty great. And they pick up this low-rent William H. Macy type. Uh, they rescue him. They find this other guy who's uh, hurt from the crash. I think his name is, I don't know. What Call him Jim. Freddy. Call him Jim. It's actually Freddy. Because he's about to meet the same fate as Jim. Really? Yeah, from season one. They should have just tied him to a tree you know, that's, and given no, him a he's, gun. He's actually hurt. He's, he's, he's I know, in some kind of medical shock. Does anybody buy that? <laughs> does anybody really buy it? Uh, Abraham didn't buy it. Like He saw that gray skin. and I, Why did Abraham zone out in this instance? I don't know. I, I felt... I don't know. I feel like they're building to the moment where he starts getting choked out and realizes he's about to die. I know, but it doesn't like this type of zoning out doesn't seem like it has anything to do with that other type of zoning out. I mean, maybe he's just real. Oh, life is fleeting. Maybe he's having that sort of <laughs> sort of recognition there. He's really getting philosophical as he's choking dudes out. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, Mace, uh, the, the William H. Macy guy turns out to be uh, Harlan, who is a doctor, not just a doctor, but an obstetrician. Right. And there's a really cute scene in Glenn and Maggie just looking like they won the fucking lottery. And they're like, oh, this is a sign. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing right. Uh huh. Got Jesus on our side now. <laughs> uh, in the, in the RV on the way back to the community, the Hilltop community, Freddie talks about his wife. And says, just when I thought it was over, I was kind of fading out, and my life was flashed before my eyes, and there she was, bold as brass. And Abraham ponders this. Which ties in with the, you know, he's sitting in front of Rosita earlier on, and Sasha's flashing before his eyes with the peace sign. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a little bit of that in there. There is. And again, like, I, I feel like I, I'm... If I didn't have the confusion of his chemistry with Rosita, this would be playing a lot better for me. Okay, it works for me. I definitely see what they're trying to do, and they're not yeah. doing it poorly. I just, I, I, this, this might be just all in my head, but I had a, I had a little bit of a problem following it. Okay, uh, emotionally, anyway. Uh, so Ricketts uh, hung up in the mud because they're going off road at this RV, but that's okay because they have arrived at the hilltop. Uh, the hilltop is, I don't know. It looks, I, I it it's looks pretty like, small. It, Really? I thought it yeah. was, I thought it wasn't intended to be much larger than Alexandria. No, it's much smaller. Man, you, you can s- see the back of the fence. It just goes around the house. Yeah, but like Alexandria's only like a square it's like a We've a, debated about how big Alexandria must be. But Hilltop has cows, it has crops, it has blacksmith. I I You're right. The set might seem smaller, but I feel like it's supposed to be bigger. Supposed to be bigger. Okay. Maybe. I, I didn't actually see... Did we see the cows? No, but... They referenced the cows they, later on. The cows are referenced. The cows are bartered for, so I assume they exist. And they can't be outside the <laughs> fence. That would be crazy. Right. Right. Uh, the, the don't, fence, you don't leave Tabitha outside the fence. So. The fence does look like it's a metal construction. It's got, like, wood supports, but it's mostly metal, or at least maybe the gates are. Uh... I don't know. I mean, you can clearly see the perimeter of that entire fence, yeah. and it looks very small to me. What I like about it is that the hilltop is very much a character. Uh-huh. Like, you know, there's a very clear difference visually and aesthetically between the hilltop and Alexandria, where and it, there's a lot of differences. Like, Alexandria, I guess, would be more high-tech. It's got electricity, yeah, you know, and more comforts of home. Uh, hilltop has some electricity because they run an ultrasound, but it seems to be more, you know, candlelights and wood fires and things of that nature. 
yeah. Hilltop's also got like you know Alexander feels more McMansion, mm-hmm. and Hilltop feels more the old stone house that uh, you know Francis uh, Underwood's always talking about on House of Cards. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that these places feel like distinct places. How would you gauge the population at this place? Impossible to say. Okay. I get the feeling it's smaller than Alexandria. I hate that you do because I think it's supposed to be bigger. God, really? Yeah. I mean, they they show like multiple rows of those trailers. And then again, they have cows and all that. It's like, I, I, I thought that. I just get the impression like when you're asking someone to defend you, that you're necessarily going to think they're bigger than you. Well, but if you don't have guns and ammo know, and you don't have fighters, I guess that's a big deal. Like right, Jesus but then is... barter for your own guns and weapons yeah. and shit, and go after Negan yourself. Well, but I that's the know. thing. You also it's it's not just it's like if you armed all of Alexandria and told them to go fight Net Negan, right? They couldn't do it. I get it. They I don't get got it. the stuff. I'm, I'm just getting the impression that Alexandria is bigger than okay. this place. I'm not going to argue with you because there's no way for me to say other than gut feeling that uh, it's intended to be bigger. Uh. But anyway, honestly, I love... if you had asked me about Alexandria's population before this episode, I would have said somewhere on the order of twenty-five. Same here. But knowing that it's fifty-four, possibly more. Yeah, I always thought that they had rough. Well, I thought they had double Rick's numbers when they came to the city, but now yeah. about half of those guys have died. Right. And I thought you know we have about ten to twelve of our group, and there's about that many more. But yeah, fifty fifty plus kind of blew my mind as well. Mm-hmm. So I would say that this is we're in the round hundred in Hilltop. Okay. I mean, look how big that house is, and they've they've occupied. I mean, there's like probably ten, fifteen bedrooms in there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. There's sure. lots of guards. There was guards on every wall, like two or three of them too. So it's right. Like, that's another suggestion where like Alexander always feels like it's chronically underpowered in the guard department, and Jesus says they got guys up in the windows looking too. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh, we'll see. Anyway, they they come up to the the gates and the guards challenge him. <laughs> say, Jesus, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> um and they you know, they've got guns and these guys got spears and Jesus says, Look, I'll get you in here. Uh Rick says, I don't trust you guys enough. You need to bring Gregory out here and Jesus says, Hey, you know, you guys got guns, we got spears, you need to trust us a little bit. Let you keep your guns. Yeah, if we're going to let you bring all your heavy artillery in here. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I thought that was pretty smart play on both their parts. Yeah. Hard hard to nitpick. Um, but inside the hilltop, it's it's a pretty cool place. It's got this plantation-type mansion. Uh, they got some agriculture going on, some blacksmith smithing. The shittiest corn-pone banjo music, this side <laughs> of hee-haw, nonstop. I liked it. <laughs> That's the one part of the character of the hilltop that I think could go. No, I want. I want more. I like I banjo music. Down. Okay, I, I want dueling banjos. I don't. Next if it episode. was dueling banjos, but this is kind of like emo banjo, emojo. I don't like it. <laughs> huh. Okay. Uh, I thought it fit the setting, but uh, I. So the way Jesus describes it, it sounds like it's it's a one third material supply from a power company, one third FEMA camp. Mm-hmm. And one third old timey historical village, right? Uh, I looked at the Barrington House. That is a real place in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it looks almost exactly like the house. But first of all, it's in North Carolina. It's like a you know a, a long ways away. It's not within yep. twenty miles of Alexandria. 
And also, it's it wasn't a living history museum. Although he did say it was a day's drive. Well, he said I could get you to our place within a day. Hmm. So a day maybe it is in further. an RV is pretty far. Maybe it's further away than than I'm thinking. But I might but, be. But also, I think a day's journey means something different in the zombie apocalypse than it does. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe, maybe an hour's drive for us would be an all-day trip because you got to worry about gas. I mean, they showed uh-huh. Carl like filling up little red gas cans. I don't, uh-huh. Why would you do that? What do you mean? Like what? Get, Carl's filling up like two-gallon gas cans for a fucking RV. Right, that thing guzzles gas. Yeah, but I guess if that's all you got, yeah. Anyway, so my mind is like I don't know how many other states have this, but like Indiana has Connor Prairie. Mm-hmm. It's like this old village where they still make candles the way they used to. They make soap and they churn butter and, you know, they they pay actors or historians to dress funny and, and milk cows and, st- and kids come and see how life was like in the old days. It's a good times had by all. Yeah. Uh, and that explains why there's like blacksmithing and all this other stuff. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was cool. They have what looks to be at least part of a lumber mill where they can cut big, big pieces yeah. of wood and they've got a blacksmithing station. I. That was cool, and you you can see the guy. One of the guys, once they get in a fight with them, uh, is like actively working the black station, mm-hmm. the blacksmithing, the black station, the black station, and your black stations, <laughs> uh, the blacksmithing station. He's got the gloves on, like you can tell he's doing some serious shit yeah. over there. Uh, indeed, and we're then introduced to Gregory, who lives in the big house, and he greets them by saying, "Jesus, you're back." Uh, <laughs> Greg is introduced as the man that keeps the trains running, which I always associate with like Mussolini and Gestapo and okay. Stalinism. Like, you know, it's not this guy's a beloved leader. This guy's a great guy. This guy's got a shit. You know, he makes the trains run on time. This is the guy yeah. that gasses the Jews. This is the guy that commits the atrocities. That's what I'm getting from Gregory. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. Which he is seems... overselling Gregory. I think Gregory's more of a creep than he is a, a Hitler. I don't know what Gregory's game is yet. I'm, I'm giving him a little, a little bit of time to. Are you getting like a fucking idiot vibe from him? A little bit. I'm also definitely getting the creep asshole vibe sure. from him. Uh, That's that. But I fucking don't, idiot's part of the creep portfolio, right? But I'm not sure how much of that is just. I don't know if power play is the right word with Maggie. Like but some kind of just all this fucking with bullshit power play. Like Rick says, "Hey, I'm Rick. Go get a shower. It's hard to keep this place clean." Like that's well, such... that's not a power play. You don't think so? No, that's but... him buying time to get debriefed by to debrief Jesus. Oh. Like, tell me what is going on here so I can speak with whoever they're going to send and with more information. Uh, well, I feel so. Stupid. That's pretty smart. Yeah, I, I only st- caught that on second watch, but well, I didn't. I didn't. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he clearly makes mention of like Jesus told me this. About yeah, no, your, you're right. You're right. Thing, that's that's so. that's why he did that. I thought it was just yeah. another one of his power plays, but uh, which right. I guess if Rick if Rick made the same assumption as as me, then uh, that puts him at a disadvantage, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't think that that explains Rick's reaction to him too. Like, I think if it was just a power play, Rick right. would be pissed, but it was more of a, like, I see what you're doing kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and I did, again, I, this is a great line of dialogue where Rick's walking upstairs, and he's like, look, Maggie, you need to get washed up first. You can go treat with him. And she says, you know, why would you not talk to him? He's like, ah, I shouldn't. It's good. It's Rick acknowledging that he's a little crazy. And the way he delivers it, like, <laughs> you know, if I if I talk to this asshole, you yeah. know, are people going to be bleeding up here? 
And you see it in the scene where the fight happens, right? Rick immediately <sighs> springs into action. He goes right back. He like You can see the clock wind back a season and a half on him. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's great. Uh, so we see the lively moonshine trade going on in a hilltop to the tune of the banjo. The, you know, people getting their gallons of moonshine for the day. There's a moonshine boy dropping off a, a supply of moonshine to the local residents. Mm-hmm. Banjoing the hell out of the stuff. It's uh, actually Soylent Z. They've found a way to convert zombies into food. <laughs> and the, into uh, grain alcohol. I don't, I don't know why you say it was alcohol, but... I, it's because it's in a metal... Con- I mean, what a, it's like if it's milk, it'd be in glass, a glass container, right? Yeah, it could be soup. It could be stew. It could soup. Be... Soup in a metal <laughs> container. Food in the apocalypse. It's, 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 no, nah, it's, it's some kind of, it's either coffee or alcohol. All right. Uh, can you ferment meat? Could you, make, could you make a, like a zombie based brew? Uh, probably. I like know wood grain I... alcohol will kill you. Does meat grain alcohol, meat's not even a grain, but go with me. Maybe you could do like a, a loaf of bread. I mean, if it's got sugars in it, you can, and there's gotta be some sugars in some form in meat. Right. I mean, yeah, I'd, okay. Meat does, is not constructed of sugar. Not mostly, no. I'm going to, you're, you're going to get a ton of emails from biologists, no, doctors, most, nutritionists. Mostly protein and fats. <laughs> I mean, all things, not a lot of carbs in the human all body. All things that you find in alcohol. Protein, it's just loaded proteins and fats. <laughs> I told you, yeah. Uh, so Abraham talks to Daryl about Rick and Michonne. And Daryl is trying to nope out of this conversation at every turn. And he he, he doesn't last very long. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about? What do you think of this scene? Abraham considers his mustache necklace. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't have much to say about this scene. I will say that I felt like there's a great, a brilliant scene where they're all passing around the um, the the sonogram of Glenn and Maggie's baby lady later, baby lady, right? Her baby later, and I feel like that this scene set up a lot of the kind of payoff in that. So like, hmm, even if it okay. didn't do anything, but set up the funny reaction Daryl has to their baby picture, uh-huh. it was pretty good. Uh, so we get right to the power plays. Maggie goes meet with Gregory and he automatically forgets her name intentionally. And then tries to, you know, just belittle her at every point. I think he pro- straight up propositions her by the end. Yeah. He's definitely, I don't know if hitting on her is the right word. He's definitely playing the sexuality angle for his own benefit here. Yeah. And I, I immediately, I mean, during live watch, we're just like, no, no, fuck this guy. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. So disgusting. Uh, I, he doesn't do that in the second conversation they have. And I don't know if that's because Maggie has set him straight or if that's because this was kind of an act and now he can drop his guard a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I say that only to only to back up the idea that I'm giving him a little bit more time to prove to me that he's not the disgusting creep that I think he is. Okay, at the beginning. Well, that's fair enough. But I, I want to talk about that if he's backed off any in the in the final scene in the bedroom. Okay, but I thought Maggie Maggie acquitted herself well here. She tries to stick to the point about trading. You know, she right. plays coy when she should, and and it's a good, you know when he's trying to compare and contrast Alexandria versus. Uh, the hilltop, you know, he's like, is it better? She's like, it's different, which I think is about right. They both have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I, I felt a little underwhelmed by this scene. Really? Uh, I didn't think... I don't know. I don't want to say too much about uh, 
what's her name? Lauren Cohan. Yeah. Maggie. Uh, I, I don't want to say too much negative because I know she can do great work. I just think that this scene was not as effective as I would like it to be. What's what's how's it? What's not working for you? I I wanted there to be more of a, a confrontation. Um, and it seems like this guy's a creep. Maggie says, "Don't call me honey," and that's pretty much it. Like I I didn't feel like there were two people trying to figure each other out and trying to uh, get the upper hand in this conversation. It felt more just like almost perfunctory in a weird sort of way to me. Yeah. Like I need to have this conversation and this is going to happen. So let's have it. Uh, Maggie. And and when Maggie tries to be forceful with him, I just didn't, I didn't buy it. The acting didn't sell me on it. Well, I think part of it is that they, in another universe where they've actually been doing some interesting things in the background rather than as wallowing in stupid plots, they could have had Maggie as a farm girl. One of her arcs at Alexandria is not just sitting at the great uh, Deanna's feet and learning how to be a leader, but she could be like, why are you all scavenging one and a half years behind these walls? Why haven't you tried to do crops? I'm a farm girl from Georgia. I grew up on a farm. I know how to farm. Yeah. And she starts doing more than a fucking victory garden. (laughs) So that, you know, when, when this guy asked her a question about crops versus, you know, it's like, she's got the tomato, but they've started on the crops, but they haven't really, you know, because she's, she's only been there for a few months. They haven't had their first harvest. So Mm -hmm. it makes him seem smarter. It makes her seem smarter, but since she's done nothing but be the leader and get pregnant in the last year, they don't really have any of that background to draw on. Yeah. I mean, that, that wasn't what bothered and, me. I just, I don't feel like, I feel like this should have been more of a, an event. Yeah. Like draw this scene out a little bit more. Show me them wrestling with each other well, but, a little bit more. But I think part of it is, it didn't feel like a thing that, that I don't know. It didn't pay off for me. I think that the show has done a lot more telling that Maggie's a leader than showing. You're right. You're and right about that. Would that would yeah. have def- you, you maybe part of it is you just perceive Maggie as a bit of a lightweight because yeah, maybe you know. But I, I kind of agree. I mean, I I don't know. It wasn't what they- bad. It just didn't hit me in the way that I hoped it would. Hmm. A confrontation between two people who well, that's the other thing is I don't should know, know what they want and need to get it. Uh, my problem is uh, uh, the other thing is I don't know how serious we're supposed to take Gregory because I sure. don't take him very seriously at all. He seems like right. a, uh, a very and I don't think Jesus does either. Yeah. The comments from Jesus seem to be like he's saying he's not the leader I would have wished for or right. Whatnot. There's something phony and self-aggrandizing for no yeah. with, with no like he's bragging with nothing to brag about. Uh huh. You know, he hasn't done anything impressive. He's taken credit and he's glad handed and whatnot, but I think he's a bit out of his depth. If Jesus You're right. You know, I I was like, what if he had come in this conversation without Jesus advisement? Well, he probably would have just capitulated, I'll give you half of whatever else we get you know, it'd been the same kind of deal that Negan got. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh but he plays a pretty powerful card. He's like, Look, we can eat. I mean, that's if you got food and the other guy's got bullets, and unless the other person's willing to use bullets to get the food uh-huh. You 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 get got no problem. They've got the problem. And I feel like that conversation might go a little differently too if Rick was in that room cuz he's he might say, "Yeah, we'll use the bullets." Uh yeah, sure. He probably just pulled out his python and blown his face off right then and there. Uh Yeah, maybe so. So now Jesus has to smooth things over from this conversation. You want to talk about Jesus's look, his general visage? Uh I I feel like he needs to stick with the beanie. 
you take the hat off him and the hair starts to poof out a little too much for my taste. It, it's very Kirk Cameron left behind type production. It might be a wig. Low budget Jesus. It might be a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus needs some product or something. I don't or Yeah. He it, he looks like he's wearing the Rachel from Friends. <laughs> right. It, I just like that's not what I'm looking for in my Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Gregory, he said, he explains, look, you know, Gregory wants the best deal for his people possible, which is understandable. Rick counters with, I came a long way. I'm not going home without any food. You let me in with all my guns, idiot. Uh, and Jesus says, look, we'll work it out because times change. You know, one day you're going to be riding high and we're going to be low and need your help. And I will convince Gregory of that. And he wants a few days, which Rick seems reluctant to give him, but Michonne kind of gives him the, the icy, flinty glare of acceptance, and uh, Rick says, okay, reluctantly, we'll give you those days. Okay. Anything you want to talk about? Should we keep moving on? Yeah, let's keep going. Uh, so just then, another P- a squad comes back to the hilltop, and they inform uh, Gregory, to our interest, that things went south of this Negan guy, they lost two people, a third was captured, and his brother is supposed to deliver a message to Gregory, which he says, give it to me. Oh, boy, did he ever. Knife to the gut. Yeah. And then an insanely sh- brutal fight breaks out, which I enjoy. Surprisingly brutal for this scenario. Daryl tore a dude's arm off. Yeah. Rick severed a guy's artery. And got drenched in blood yet again, it's- which I always love to see. Yeah. A crazy, sweaty, blood-covered Rick. He looks just like the grimy Rick that bit a man's throat out, and he's looking at people like, what? I mean, it's it's great. (laughs) It's so good. It is. But then he gets leveled by a vicious woman punch. Yeah. Holy shit. And then Michonne puts that woman on her ass like, bitch, just don't. (laughs) WWF, man. Do not. That would be actually the, the glorious ladies of wrestling. It'd be glow. I think. I'm sorry, I'm not up on my wrestling lore. I uh, mean, yeah. Uh, well, now you are. Okay. So, uh, and Jesus comes in and just stops the fight with his sheer force of will and positivism. Well, he, he 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 talks everyone down, right? As Jesus does. What do you think about? So, I want to talk about this yeah. character of Jesus. What do you think? Two weeks into the Jesus experience. <laughs> This is, this, is Ga- still... this is Galilean radio coming live. Uh, what 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 I'm do you still... think of the Jesus experience? I'm compelled by his message. Uh, <laughs> his, his message being one of uh, I don't know magic. You really feel like, like you want to turn your life around? I, I need to see more badass Jesus. Like I, that's the part of Jesus that I like a lot is him being wily and like getting out of situations and surprising people. But here's the thing about Jesus. He appears to have zero personality defects at all. He wants what's right. best for everyone. He doesn't want anyone to die. He, he, he sure. might, you know, he might be, you know, devious and try to trick you, but he always has a good reason for it. And it's never malicious. Like mm-hmm. he's likable. He's handsome. He's a ninja. He is this almost too perfect of a character, and I'm trying to think whether it's a hack that Robert Kirkman took this character and named him Jesus, or if it was a private joke that, like, I'm making this character that has zero flaws. I know I'm just going to lampshade it, call him Jesus. Uh-huh. Is it brilliant or ridiculous? <laughs> can, it, can it be both? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's brilliantly ridiculous. Like, if you want to go over the top like that and just... 
he pin, shouldn't pin work. Pin a fucking rose on it. Yeah, do he, it. You should roll your eyes so much at Jesus because he's got all. He's like kind of like if what if Michonne came into the camp, super sane, super smart, and super like positive. That's essentially yeah. a badass version of Michonne. That has no downsides, no 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 trauma. Yeah. I, I really want to know more about this. Like, how did he arrive at this state? Especially when you're in his hilltop, right? Like, being that's run by big, a doofus. That's the question I have: is how? Why isn't Jesus the leader of the hilltop? Yeah, because it seems like yeah. everyone likes and respects him, even the guy running it. I mean, if he's unwilling to to exert force to get his will done. Uh, then maybe mm. that's that's just how it shakes out, you know. But he Gregor will. is willing like, to do other stuff. I don't think I agree that he's unwilling to exert his force of will. Right. To get I mean, done. he would have he would have killed people if he thought they needed killing. Yeah, and he so. did steal the stuff from Rick and Daryl when he thought they were scumbags. Which right. fair enough. Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't get the dynamic between Jesus and the rest of this group so far. Yeah, uh, he seems to be. I don't know, an, an outsider in a little, in a way, like almost like he he distances yeah. himself and gets respect from people because of that. Yeah, but I'm I'm not certain. He's like the kid at school that everyone's cool with, right? Like, you know. But again, why isn't that kid just a you know president of the student body? But a lot of times be. he's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, takes away his time from crushing pussy and drinking beer. I, I don't I don't know I don't know but I I I should hate this character and think he's flat and one dimensional but there's something about and the performance isn't great and the guy does look like he's wearing a bad you know Jesus costume especially in this <laughs> right. where he's wearing the white robes right. uh-huh. I mean Je- yeah. Jesus it's Jesus <laughs> it is I I also think it's a little it's a little different from characters we've seen in the past that's right? true like you take a governor or somebody and you meet them and he's the anti governor. He seems to be just repeated over and yeah. over in this world. Yeah. I I like that there's somebody different, somebody who's virtuous and good. And I gotta say, I also like the fact that Gregory, while he's kind of a creep and a lightweight, he is very different than Deanna. Yeah. Like, I think yeah, that is. was in this, uh, if I'm gonna give uh, uh, a thumbs up to a remix, one of the things I remember when I was reading through the comics is kind of like, man, all of the, the, the guy that ran. The Alexander Safestone and the guy that ran the hilltop are kind of very samey feeling to me. Uh, part of it is the guy who drew it; like he tends to make all everybody's faces look the same. But also, just like mm. their personalities, it's kind of like you know, it's like oh, we've got a good non-Rick leader archetype, and everyone fits in this. Where I thought Deanna and now Gregory feel distinct personalities. Seems like it. I can't imagine Deanna ever like I don't know looking at Rick and calling him honey. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and I know they had confrontations too, and they they had some uneasiness, but they were different types of like different tone to it. Yeah. And getting Maggie up front and center, I think, helps that too, because it's not just Rick buttonheads with everybody. Yeah, and it makes Rick look smart to like I'm not the diplomatic one. Uh huh. Call me when you declare war. Uh, so Abraham, the other thing I want to talk about is him zoning out. So he gets about choked out by some idiot, and yeah. he f- looks like he's just going to let it happen. Like, I don't, for a minute, buy that this guy could get the better of Abraham, even if he's got him in the full choke position. Like, Abraham would just bust out of there like the Hulk. <laughs> What's going I, on? I think we're supposed to buy that he does, in fact, have him dead to rights really? here. Really? Yeah. And that Abraham... I was hoping for something psychological, because I, I don't I don't well, buy it. There is something psychological with the reason he's not fighting and stuff. I, I feel like Abraham doesn't want to make this choice between Rosita and Sasha. It's a hard thing that he's struggling with. 
like who he is and who he's going to be in the apocalypse, right? Is he going to be the guy who's just boning chicks left and right and drinking, like smashing beer cans on his head and firing RPGs? Yeah. Or is he going to settle down and, you know, make some pancakes? Hmm. I feel like there's a, a real struggle there, and Sasha and Rosita kind of represent two sides of that. Well, here's a hot take. And then and then I think he's made his decision once he's saved here. Uh-huh. I think we're going to see him push full force onto the side of Sasha. Push, push, because honor, bush. He, I think this is symbolic. He drops, he doesn't drop it, but uh, the necklace falls off his neck, and he doesn't even think about it or pick it up. Well, I feel like stupid, that represents... It is a stupid piece of it, yes. break-like glass. And on the thinnest chain. She should have known that would have just busted immediately. But I think that's symbolic of him having a, coming to a decision there. Here's the thing. So you, you said something I think is key, that it's a tough decision for him. Yeah. So like, let's say it's 55-45 right. uh, in Sasha's favor. Is that something you really want to... Fu- I mean, that's such... I, I feel like that... If I'm going into a relationship like that in a zombie apocalypse, like okay, maybe there's a lot. There's like got to be 25 percent I don't know about Sasha, right? So it's like, am I really going to make this big disruption in the group for that maybe slight preference bet? Like again, I don't know why he likes Sasha more than Rosita. That's fair. There's shared pain, except I mean, but you know, I don't have enough about Rosita's backstory to understand. They haven't fleshed out Rosita's character. I wish they would. Again, if if if, if they had sold me that her, him and Rosita were just, you know, uh, friends with benefits, and maybe Rosita's caught feelings for him. That's what I think it is, yeah. Yeah, but they're, I don't know that they're telling that story. They're telling him, again, it's like, oh my god, these two perfect women, which one do I choose? That's not, that's great if you're making a teenager movie. Not so great when you're dealing with a grown man in the apocalypse. Okay. Or my I, I no, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. It it's just not been well conveyed yet. Uh but they're kinda they kinda seem to be running with that torch, which they are. is like halfway out at this point for us. They are. Uh so Gregory's in pain, but he's gonna pull through because the obstetrician has uh, delivered delivered him from the gut wound. Uh and as for the conflict, because that's Rick's, he's like, well, I just killed a couple of your guys and broke some, you know, broke some more yeah. arms. It seems like just putting your hands out and saying, whoa, whoa, stop it, guys. Yeah. Might not do the trick here. Yeah. Because people have been killed. No. Well, Murder Jesus, has happened. Jesus has settled. He has quashed the beef. <sighs> yeah, I guess. He, he has just... quashed the beef. <laughs> he He's just, just settled that hash. Uh, then he drops science uh, of Negan on the group, explains mm-hmm. that when they first met him, he beat to death a 16-year-old boy just to show him that this is, this is what you do. This is what you're going to get from me if you, don't, if you don't give me half of everything you got always. Yeah. Now, and in exchange for this, they just, it's, it's straight up protection money because if you, if you pay them, you don't get attacked. Right. Be, that's a nice historical landmark you've got there. Be a yeah. shame if something were to yeah, happen yeah, to yeah. it. Um, one question I have when, when the group came up and they said, Hey, we got two guys murdered, one guy missing. And the guy asked Gregory if their last drop was light and Gregory's response was no, (laughs) literally like that. Is that because he is intentionally trying to shorten Negan to save up some stuff for his people? And, and get some kind of advantage? Is it because Negan has altered the terms of the deal, as it seems like Daryl suspects here? I 
and Maggie think, asserts later on. I think that's it. I think that's what the show's trying to tell us. Although yeah. before before he had this discussion with Maggie later, I was thinking, oh man, he must have tried to short Negan and Negan noticed. But I don't think they're going that way. I think they're trying to say that Negan is upping the percentage, upping his cut. Yeah, the only thing, again, the only thing that's confusing is the guy's line delivery was literally like, no, why would you, that's crazy, why would you say that? It's not like, no, what? Yeah, it's almost like I got I got caught. But also think about it, if Negan, to, to establish precedent, uh-huh. murders a 13-year-old, or a 16-year-old 16. child, right. Uh, right off the bat, just to establish a relationship, what is he going to do if you try to shortchange him? Is he going to take... Is he going to kidnap? Uh, doesn't, doesn't he have like the guy's brother or something? Yeah, he kidnaps. Is he going to kidnap his brother? Or is he just going to kill them and say, "Well, now you're dead." Hmm. Like I, I don't know that a guy like Negan wants to take a hostage and deal with ransom to get his percentage of the cut. Well, the other thing is, he's like, just going to up the cut and and take somebody hostage and say, "We want more." Now. Well, and also, I don't know what the cut is like. When he says you got half of your stuff and you got a team that's going out and foraging and supplying, like does he send an accountant over to count all their shit and right. take half? It doesn't sound like it's an honor system. So that right. Makes so me how think would he? Maybe even... Gregory was long term trying to save some stuff for himself. I mean, it could go the other way. He could, and it might be literally say saving that... it for himself. Like you know, he's somehow lording, yeah. uh, you know, saving up all this stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 my wheels are spinning. Okay. My gears are spinning, rather. Churning, turning. Whatever is the opposite of just doing nothing. I don't want... My gears aren't spinning. They're enmeshed and they're grinding. That's what they're doing. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> what's going on. Uh, yeah, so Daryl's confident they can take down ne- Negan, Negan, rather, for food, medicine, and one of them cows. Uh-huh. And Rick seems to back that plan, too, and everyone seems excited for it. Um, Maggie says... You know, Rick's position is we can do this. This is the what we have to offer. Maggie says uh, this is going to cost us something. Well, she lays out the something. Yeah. She says 50% of everything you have. What the fuck? This is the exact same deal that he's got with Negan. Well, so, but before we get onto that, I want to say that she's, do you think that Rick is being fairly cavalier? Because as as Michonne and Maggie both point out, these, this is going to be a fight. Yeah. He's, he's trading... Like they're being mercenaries, so he's essentially trading the blood of the Alexandrians for food, uh-huh. and doesn't seem to bat an eye at it. No, he doesn't. He, uh, and I don't know if that's because he has supreme confidence in his people that they're not going to lose anyone in this process, or well, the fact that they blew up like nine of them without much struggle at all, and they've right. got three more rockets. Maybe that's why they're so. Maybe so. Now, the, uh, the other thing is uh, they seem also confident when they hear that they've never seen more than Negan with more than 20 guys. Mm-hmm. And Rick's like, oh, that's pretty good odds for us, which it's like two to one already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I guess if you say all of Alexandrians, not just a core group of badasses. I mean, I don't I don't even count them. <laughs> yeah. No, me I either. count them as hands to do some farming and you can probably fight zombies but like out out shooting and out fighting the living something different yeah anyway uh let's talk about this second round between gregory and maggie uh this is why i think gregory's a fuck up because he just says a whole bunch of shit that he thinks will make him sound tough and worldly 
and mm. sophisticated, and Maggie just cuts right through it. And she even plays into the sexiness, like she kind of leans in the bed, mm. you know, and and is 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 very not flirty, but like aggressive with him as mm. she is turning the tables on him, and he completely okay. just completely makes him capitulate. I. Because you're right. He's... This is real weird to me. I feel like Maggie is slowly losing her shit. And her appearance does not help that at all. Like, she she's getting more and more haggard looking. I don't, I don't know They're if we talked about this. They're definitely suggesting that because, like, the scene of her doing tomato shit was in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, this is happening at the same time that Rick and Michonne are sleeping uh-huh. after they've had a long day. So this is very – I feel like she's burning the midnight oil to yeah. make this barley equals intellect plan work. And her, her she hair is getting crazier. barley equals tomatoes. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> right. Barley equals tomatoes. She read the ru- – she, she translated the runes incorrectly, man. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I feel like – She's she's losing her shit, and maybe she might be pressing the luck of the group a little bit hmm. with this fifty percent thing. Like, I don't know if she's off, authorized to go in and like make this trade. I'm sure she is, but the idea that she's that he's going to go from one person demanding fifty percent, who is a m- calculated murderer, uh, who has just killed and has ransom right now, has a hostage, to another group who says they can kill him. I don't know. I don't know these fucking people. Yeah, why does he believe them? To, to also ask for fifty percent of the supplies. It's that the they exact pay up same front. deal that they pay up front. So regardless, of why would they... he take this? So the big problem with this scene is that instead of showing these as both savvy negotiators, it uh-huh. just, it's just two people that completely give cave in to the other person. There's sure. no give or take. There's no compromise. It's just. One insane deal offered and rejected, and then you know one insane offer that was rejected and then accepted because of leverage. It's really it's really amateurly written. I think so, and I I think I think that maybe that's why you had the. It, it's not. I think you're. I mean, maybe on it's not Lauren's but I problem, think it's the construction but... of it is just this. We've seen so many other better negotiations. True. I actually thought the. Negotiation between Rick and the governor. I know, and we, was we blew way him better. a lot of shit. We did a whole skit <laughs> on it and everything. We did, but <laughs> you know, I I don't think the negotiation was the problem there. Yeah, uh, the mm. actual. Well, we did. We we made fun of it, but uh, I just, I just wasn't buying this, and I don't know why he would think that a these guys can beat them, and b that he'd be in any better of a situation if he's making a deal with these people. Also, how do you, like you have to believe that he can not only kill Negan but get the hostage back? Yeah, like, well, I, I don't. That's the thing. Like, what's stopping Rick? Because they, you see them loading this RV is full of shit. Yeah, like, what's to stop Rick from being like, "Ha ha, suckers," and just taking it? I, nothing. I didn't like. Maybe he doesn't know. fight ne- 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 I, I, Negan. Okay, so God I want damn this fucking Negan shit's going to be the death of me. I want to play devil's advocate a little bit. Okay, here, uh, on my own shit because. People are probably thinking, maybe he talked with Jesus. Maybe he's come to an understanding with Jesus. Maybe he walked with Jesus. Maybe Maybe sometimes he looked back on the beach and there's only one set of footprints. And he wonders, (laughs) why did you abandon me, Jesus? And Jesus said, well, then I I was at Alexandria, my son. I can't Uh, be at the hilltop all the time. Maybe he understands that Jesus can just create more food for them. Sure. Fish and loaves. Just keeps breaking them bread, man. Right. Uh, No, but maybe he's talked with Jesus and he understands that these people are better people than Negan. Okay. I would buy that because apparently a conversation happened off screen 
about Rick and company that we didn't see. Plus, Jesus is a badass. Jesus is a badass. And Rick's group did get the better of him a couple of times. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, Only, it was his own fault. He's an escape he artist and all that stuff. the fucking Benny Hill but, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, we're supposed to understand that Jesus is a badass and, you know, he's probably got the measure of what these guys are capable of. Right. And so if if Gregory believes him that these these are better people than Negan, maybe he would want to make a deal with them, assuming they wouldn't be as harsh as Negan. It does seem like the hilltop is kind of hungry for a real leader. And I say this because the next hmm. scene, uh, they're loading up all this stuff, and Jesus remarks, man, not even Negan got this much upfront stuff. You must, you know, Maggie must be huh. really put the fear of me into Gregory. Uh <laughs> Rick commandeers this kind of doe face guy who was with the group that uh, his friend he slaughtered. And he can he's very confrontational with Rick. Like, what do you want at the beginning? And Rick's like, look, we want to go get your friend back. Mm-hmm. We're going to go fight him. We need you to tell us everything about your intelligence. And we need you to we need your help. We need you to come. And though his manner uh, and just the fact that this is the first time someone suggested fighting seems to actually impress and inspire the guy. Hmm. Like, it's showing that, like, man, Gregory's kind of a ineffectual leader, and we could have been fighting this whole time, but it's the difference yeah. between, or like... Or he's impressed that Rick has the ability to fight. Yeah. Well, maybe, they, maybe they've maybe had some the whispered conversations behind Gregory's back about, like, man, why are we giving these half? Why don't we take our chances? We got these spears, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, but they just yeah. didn't... Or maybe it's like, man, if only we had guns. Exactly. I That's hear what these I'm badasses thinking. roll into the guns, and it's like, oh, now, now it's it's time for us to get our revenge. Yeah. I liked it. These guys seem altogether different from the Alexandrians. They were willing to fight, but they lacked the materials to do so. Whereas the Alexandrians right. were sitting on untold riches of guns and weapons and squandering it, playing, you know, super sol- just out playing, like, kids playing soldier, getting themselves killed. The other thing I would say to contest my my view about this stupid deal is maybe this is a one time thing, mm. whereas Negan's is ongoing. Well, the other thing, like I th- this is payment, and they're going to work for it, and is literally a payment for them going to kill him, not not an ongoing uh, tribute or whatever. Well, the other way you can look at it too is that you know Maggie's asserting that Negan is changing the deal, and this is going to get more and more and worse and worse until your people are starving. Right. Whereas we'll keep our word. It's fifty fifty, and that's all it. they have is her word to that. Like, well, that's, that's what Negan would have said up front, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. But, you know, Jesus probably didn't vouch for Negan. I get. I mean... <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Michonne and Rick have a nice scene where you can tell, clearly tell that she's got some... This is like... I, I think about all the Lori versus Rick and how this would have gone down if Lori was talking to him. And, she, you know, it's like... It's fine to have misgivings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both kind of like... I feel like Michonne... You know, feels like they can win, but she's like, you know, got this reservation about it, and you know, Rick's confidence kind of wins her over. It it feels more like a conversation than just Lori trying to say this is a terrible plan and I hate you for it. Oh no! Also, she would have said this the exact same thing Michonne said to Rick, and then gone to Gabriel and says, "Gabriel, I exactly. don't know. Rick is go- Rick's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what Rick's doing. He thinks uh, he thinks he's uh, it's, so. It's like yeah, it's it's refreshing to see." kind of like people they feel partnering up and working together on something right right they do they do feel more like partners than uh people who are trying to exert their own will to get their way yep at all costs 
Uh, Maggie gets an ultrasound at the hilltop, and there is just a black gaping expanse where a baby should be. <laughs> and the doctor crosses himself <laughs> and says, my God, what have I done? Uh, no, uh, actually, it's 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 supposed to be a baby. Like, I, I know that some ultrasounds are better than others, but... And it's early on, like, I... I don't know how early because it doesn't look like she's really showing. She would right. do, I, I normally when tell I see... whether she was tr- doing something weird with her belly to try to give herself a little bit of a belly bump, but she looked like she had a fairly flat tummy. So maybe it's really early on. Yeah, she's it got seems, like a garbanzo bean like in there. It's pretty early on. We know it can't be less than a month. Uh, yeah, in game time for her. Okay, so. Uh, when when I see ultrasounds being performed in TV and you see the picture of the baby and they can identify the sex and all yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah. much later on. Sure. In the pre- they're always like really pregnant and uh, like yeah. she's so, barely pregnant. Yeah. Uh. So and then they have a really great sixty second scene where Glenn passes around the ultrasound and everyone in the group reacts to it. Uh huh. Which I could see complaining about in another circumstance, but because they built up this thing where Abraham's had this conversation with all these characters that when you know when he sees pancakes Dar- when daryl picks yeah. it up and looks at it and you get his reaction it makes sense when abraham sees it and smile and then him and glenn have this moment like it's all wordless and it's really really nice it is it is and i, I feel like that is laid on the back of some of the things that they've been doing right with these characters yeah and without that stuff if it had been all all just like what the fuck or or bad stuff with characterization, this scene doesn't work without that. Yeah, imagine if it's this scene with none of the other preceding things with Abraham and Rick and Abraham and well, not Abraham and Car. Jeez, Abraham and Glenn, Abraham and Daryl, yeah, Rosita and and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I even like the long linger on the hilltop because again, I feel like that this location is going to be a character unto itself, hmm. and having it just be kind of like centered to fade out on was was pretty nice too. Okay, uh, looking forward. I know we are not big fans of the Carol Morgan divide. Yeah. But this this mercenary arrangement with Rick, I feel like is a way to maybe give that argument some new legs. Here's the thing. And I'm, in in a know. way that frustrates, why do we fuck with the wolf when you've got this big, meaty debate that actually means something that you know you're going to get into? Right. Here's the thing. I think they should have set that up with the wolf. But not dwell on it so long. Not have Morgan go all in on it. Because yeah. this is something yeah. you go all in on. Like, you can't risk our people f- like this. It's a huge thing compared yeah. to a single wolf who they don't have to risk any more lives for. They've got him sure. locked up. Yeah. All that stuff. The Yeah, they should have let that drop a little bit earlier on or had it come to a conclusion. Like, Carol just, you know, killing him instead of Morgan jumping in with his bow staff and being like, fuck you. Uh I, I, I think that's super interesting. Having yeah. said that, the fact that they're so polarized now with mm-hmm. her saying, I should have killed you, is going to make it, I guess, more interesting. I don't know mm-hmm. that extra. You've already got a super interesting situation. Now it's like hyperventilating interesting if they do it right. I don't know they needed the right. extra spice at the expense of making Carol and Morgan look stupid for three episodes. I, I agree. Although I think there is a big difference in the way you're going to see this them go about this because now – Someone can't just jump into action. Carol can't jump into action and kill somebody, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan can't go in and save somebody, and that's it. Now you've got to convince people, right? Like they have to have this argument, and they have to convince Rick. They have yeah. to convince Maggie. They have to convince all of these people who are going to go do this thing not to do it if you're Morgan, or that it's the right thing to do if you're Carol. Okay. So the conversation is going to be different, and I think it's going to be more interesting. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, that's all we got uh, until next week. We got the feedback section coming up. Yeah. And also that? a spoiler. I got I got a lot more stuff to say about in the spoiler section. Hey, we've got an ad for this week. It's one of our long-term supporters, Audible. Uh, yeah. And you can get a, a free 30-day trial of their service at audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove. Audible has over 180,000 audio titles and works of spoken word, entertainment, and fiction. Um, and I think they've had like everything I've gone there and searched for. Like we yeah. did the watch of the shining and I was like, I want to sure. check that book out. And they totally had it. Sure. And I, you know, I've, I've talked about some stuff I've been excited for. Um, and you actually been using the service a lot. You had uh, a recommendation of something you just got done reading. Yeah. Yeah. I read, uh, well, listen to, you know, as much yes. as I read anything on audible, uh, I listened to Peter Klein's novel called the fold, which is a, I, I guess I would say a sci-fi, uh, horror, type book it might fit a little bit along the lines of i remember Walking we talked uh, i was talking about this on the lunch lunch of jim and Aaron a couple weeks ago yeah yeah it's about teleportation that turns out to not quite be teleportation uh in the sense that we th- we think of it in star trek and it's about a guy with an eidetic memory who's also got an extremely high iq of 200 plus coming in here and trying to figure out how to uh it, trying to evaluate this project called the Albuquerque door for the government, mm-hmm. whether they should continue to fund it because they're, they're very secretive about the the results they've gotten. Uh, and then he gets in there and shit happens and it's real interesting and I don't want to spoil it, but I, I really enjoyed that book a lot and it's, it's pretty short. It's like a nine hour, nine hour read, mm-hmm. nine hour listen. Yeah. Another one I was kind of interested in is I saw in the new releases that they had the book that the uh, movie, the Revenant, Oh, uh, yeah. which just netted Leonardo DiCaprio an Oscar last night. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They, they, they have the unabridged version of that. And I was reading the description. It seems like it's a lot like the movie. So if you were interested in the movie, want to hear more about the background, you can check that out as well. Okay. Or any of the other, again, 180,000 titles that they have on Audible. You can get right. a free 30-day trial and support us by going to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove and uh, check it out. It's great if uh, you if you've got a cell phone, You've got an Audible player. Yeah, or a computer or anything. And it's sync. Like I've talked, so I'm blue in the face about how well it synchronizes over the WhisperSync Amazon technology. If you prefer reading, but you know, you want it to be read to you in the car, it it does all that stuff out of the box. It's pretty awesome. All right, let's get into feedback. We start off with Mandy, who is uh, correcting us on one thing, specifically about this this memorial wall with all the names, why we don't see Reg on that wall. Uh, she says the wall is a memorial for people whose bodies are lost and aren't there to be buried. Reg is buried in the graveyard, and his name is on the grave marker. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, didn't they buried Reg for sure? Huh? Is that I, I don't that know a, about is the that other asserted names. Like, as fact because I'm I don't trying know. To think but that okay, would make Nicholas sense. Nicholas was lost. Aiden was lost. Uh, did they really? Sam, Ron, and Jesse were completely ate up. Maybe. Hmm. So they're like the MIA. There were a lot of walkers out there when they got attacked. I guess that makes sense. I don't know if it's been made yeah. explicit on screen, but it's it's okay. Yeah, I that's good. Can... If it's not fact, that's a good theory, Mandy. It, I, who I else like has it. been died in this? Oh, that also Pete. But or Pete. was Pete? Yeah, Pete wasn't he, on there. Well, he didn't. Did he get buried no, or not? Because Rick came outside, in. But again, yeah. Rick would also lose his shit if they tried to memorialize him. Right. I'm trying Rick to say people that guy. died. That we saw buried the other people to, to cross-reference that. But that seems like a good theory. It does. I, I didn't have time to reference to, to, uh, to research it, but I, I think you're right on. That's a good one. Uh, 
Dan from Philly says, hey guys, pretty good episode to move things along. Every now and then they get an exposition episode right, and this was one of them. Yeah. However, did anyone notice after all these people have been through that again, uh, after all these people have been through that again, no one stays with the vehicle. Rick bleeds a guy like a stuck pig, and Glenn doesn't even pull his gun. Don't know if it's me or the writing, but every time a character moves over to Wussland, I just want them dead. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that stuff. I mean... You know, I th- I thought Maggie had stayed with the vehicle, honestly. Although I don't know how far they walked. Yeah. From the vehicle, I know she was outside the building. Yeah. Which was smart, but yeah, I mean, Jesus' plan before was to steal a truckload of supplies. That's true. Maybe he's trying to steal a truckload of gas. Well, plus, if they get double crossed, like someone's got to go and warn the other group because these right. people could just grow, go pile in the RV and take over Alexandria with the majority of the badasses here. So it's true. You're right. That is pretty <laughs> glaring. It'd yeah, be nice to have know. somebody guard it. It would have been, but I like honestly, you know, if that's their biggest mistake this episode, I'm fine with it. Yeah, our bar, yeah, like it's uh, the bar set pretty low. Yeah, and they 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 hobbled over it. Olav, who puts puts Swede in quotes, and I think he he's from Sweden, so I think that might be the nickname he wants me to use. The Swede, the Swede. Mm. Uh, Very uh, hell on wheels. Yeah. Yeah, he says in last week's podcast, he talked about where the church that Glenn and Enid searches are located. By the way, it seems to be the church that Spencer is trying to climb to uh, when he falls. So it's outside the wall. Yeah. That's a good overview shot in episode seven, about 30 minutes in. Uh, this sprung some other questions about the wall for me. Why? Uh, what I really wonder is why you would leave uh, structures like the church or the falling tower outside of the defended wall. Both the tower and the church is just outside the wall, and even if it must have needed extra steel plates, it couldn't be that much. And we also know they didn't use it all. Uh, so he's wondering, like, why the hell leave such a good resource, like the tower, where they're going to be watching from, uh, outside the wall, just outside the wall. Yeah, like I don't feet know. outside the wall. I, I I don't know. I wasn't in on the planning session for the wall. Right. It was probably Deanna fence equals awesome and... That's it. She had this crazy ch- separation of church and state idea, and she just there was this Probably. bitter political fight about whether the church <laughs> should be inside the walls or outside the walls, and uh-huh. it's that that was the compromise. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh, finally, he wanted to us wanted to correct us on forgetting that uh, little ass kicker even exists because we were talking about Rick losing his only child if Carl died. Uh. Oh, did he, I? And he wants to bring up the idea, this old, this old idea. If um, Judith is actually Rick's biological child, I don't think that it matters at this point. Rick has certainly adopted her as his own, if not, um, because we know there's possibility that Lori was impregnated by Shane potentially. But sure. who knows? Who knows? And I don't think it matters to the show or even to Rick at this point. No, not until the post-apocalyptic Moripovich show comes on, and we can yeah. do the. And how would you even know? Like that's what I'm saying. I mean, aside to, from the lobes measurements, sure. But if she hits puberty and the lobes swell with power, then we'll know. <laughs> All right, moving on. Natalie, or, or is by it the me? way, if, if you guys are just joining us, that's a joke about Shane's ears. I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea about you know my talking about a, a, a female growing into her lobes. It's, we're talking ears, people. Get your mind out of the gutter. Right. That was like five years ago. I know. <laughs> so yeah. It's like oh, everyone people... knows every crazy inside joke we've ever made. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Natalie, or I think her name might be Maggie. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> says for the second week in a row, a power play. 
You're going to give you're going to give. Uh, I want you to give me half of all your feedback, Jim. Uh, I'm really pleased with the wa- and now the great thing is nobody actually knows whether her name is Maggie or Natalie. Sure, except for her, and she's cursing me now. That's so right. Perfect. I've, my power play has worked. Well, you know, uh, she says I'm really you got all the leverage. I'm really pleased with The Walking Dead for the second week in a row. Lots of good character development, plot progression, and not one grand speech of BS. Really cool to see the hilltop on screen. It looked like the location of every history field trip I took in middle school. Uh, Gregory was an absolutely perfect slime ball, and I like the antagonistic rapport between him and Maggie. Uh, way for Daryl and Abraham to undersell the saviors. You left them in pieces, yeah? Don't want to mention that, that's, that the only reason you got out alive was that you had a fucking RPG at the time? No? All right, that's fine. Uh, my fa- my very favorite parts were all the Michonne parts, including Rick going for that cute PDA handhold in the RV. Yeah. And Michonne choke slamming that hilltop lady for punching yeah. the man. Yeah. <laughs> Just spiked her on the ground for sheer audacity. Uh-huh. I'd heard some people were worried that Michonne being with Rick would make her soft, but uh, nope. Nope. Two of them seem to be stronger now than ever. Who doesn't love a battle couple? That's the other thing. It's yeah. like, you know, she backed Rick's play, but also Rick backed her play on giving these people the time. Mm-hmm. The truth. So it's like I feel like it again. It feels. Uh, I don't want people to get the idea that I think it's great just because she agrees with Rick and supports him. Uh, you know, I feel like there's a t- it's a two way street there. Right, right. And I've I've never felt like that. I mean, from the time they arrived at Alexandria, sure, Michonne has exerted her will. Oh yeah, plenty. I, I don't plenty. think she's. I don't think she's, <laughs> she's called him out as being crazy. Sure, uh, done her own thing when she needed to. Knocked him the fuck out one time. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. And, uh, uh, he need he needed it. She also uh, states an interesting point that I think we kind of just got into a little bit, but next week is going to be interesting. As Lauren Cohan pointed out on Talking Dead, the group has never really gone out looking for a fight before. Trouble has always found them. Let's see how they fare as mercenaries. I think that kind of plays into the argument that you know Morgan and Carol are going to eventually have over this whole scenario. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is just a the little twist on the dynamic that I like. And is refreshing from a show that has never twisted the dynamic at all. Agreed. Just seems to be willing to retread that ground. Barry C. from the UK. Good episode. And as Jesus said, it really has made the Walking Dead world bigger. Yes. Uh, If the Walking Dead was told from the Hilltop's perspective, and we were just introduced to this new well-armed group of badasses with samurai swords and ginger flat-top dudes who somehow have their pick of the ladies, (laughs) do you think that deal they struck was a good one? Ah... I mean, I want. Yeah, I was gonna say no. Only in so in, in so much as that, it didn't feel not like an authentic negotiation. Uh, and I don't know. I, I wish that there was a little bit more nuance to it, and it wasn't so blatantly one sided on the Maggie. Like it was just a total victory from Maggie's perspective. It seems like. Yeah, it was. And as he even pointed out, it's like, Jesus Christ, I wanted you guys to put some time work in my sweatshops, and you know now you're wanting to fight for me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but then again, he was yeah. pretty heavy-handed with her. I, yeah, I, I would like to see a little bit more nuance on that. Cause, but it, then again, I feel like I'm intended to think that Gregory's a lightweight. And if they're trying to tell me that, then mission, you know, yeah. I, transmission received. And Barry, you know, kind of makes the same points we do about how do we know... They're, that Rick won't go back on the deal after it's done and all this kind of stuff and says, maybe it's better to do business with the devil, you know, Mm. not sure, but the devil, you know, is jacking up his rates. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to call this guy Dorson. All right. Cause he didn't sign his, his email or her email. Maybe it's just 
Dorson. Nice to meet you, Dorson. Uh, he says, I haven't watched Knots Untie yet, and don't listen to the podcast until I've already watched the episode. So here goes. In the podcast for No Way Out, you discuss Carol possibly looking for redemption, moralizing, regarding, regarding Sam's death. Uh, I probably should have put this up front, but only the viewers know what was occurring in Sam's mind when he froze in the middle of the zombie herd. No one knew why he stopped. He just did. Carol wasn't even there, so she would have even less of a casual connection regarding his death. Carol would have no idea that she broke Sam's already fragile psyche, and she had no dots to connect what she said to causing his death. If anything, Carol may even think she improved Sam's survival chances by showing him how dangerous zombies are. I'm not buying Carol feeling responsible for Sam's death or even knowing how much she affected him. What do you think about that? Well, it's two, three weeks in the past now, so I tend to agree. However, during the time, like, I think... I think people feel guilty about things that they shouldn't feel guilty about all of the time. And that's why the whole thing of, like, will Michonne okay. feel guilty or does she have something with Rick because of this thing with Carl? Like, will she feel partially to blame? Like, I mean, and maybe this is projecting, but I know I feel guilty about shit all the time. And I feel like that that's a hum- part of the human condition is we think about the times that we've done wrong things way more than anybody else thinks about the times that we've done wrong. Cause everybody oh, yeah. else is too busy worrying about the other times they fucked up. Right. So to me, it'd be human natural for Carol to come to that conclusion. And maybe she can overhear a conversation about like, you know, I was thinking like you could hear a conversation about like how it all went down and she could just be in the background chopping up cucumbers or whatever. And with a thoughtful expression as people are talking about how Sam froze. I, I mean, I don't know how they do it, but I, I, I yeah. feel like Carol is not an irredeemable monster, so for she could feel guilt about that. I agree. But um, I don't. I don't think. I think that ship has sailed now. Yeah, and I, I think like her feeling guilt and realizing that she directly caused Sam to bind up there mm-hmm. are not are not tied together, right? Okay. She can she can feel the guilt of like, oh, I, I tortured this poor kid. Sure, uh, and now he's dead. Maybe I had something to do with that, or. Maybe I didn't, but either way, I, I don't feel like that that has to be the case, that she realizes, oh, my God, I scared him. Yeah, it doesn't him have and, to be a direct correlation for her yeah. to feel bad about yeah. how she treated him. Yeah, so I don't know. That's where I stand on it. Nathan P. says, this episode just highlights how useless Maggie has been since season 3A. Rick telling Maggie to negotiate with Hilltop because Deanna said she was good at it, but we've actually had no proof of it until now. Totally agreed. Maggie looking like she's not even trying to start a dialogue or alliance in her first meeting. She actually looks bored to be there and isn't even trying. Not asking for a whole character flip, just some kind of enthusiasm. Uh, Maybe that's what I was picking up on, is that Lauren Coam was just bored with that scene. I don't know. And, uh, I mean, they they really haven't set... This this has come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, Maggie could be a bomb diffuser, and she would have just as much... Like, like they could have someone carry, hey, you know what? Maggie's gotten pretty good at diffusing bombs, and the next episode she's diffusing a bomb. That's about as much development for Maggie as the leader that we've got. Yeah. Uh, he says also Maggie negotiates with no sense of personality or flair the second time. They could have had the same result if Rick, Michonne, or Daryl went in there to negotiate. And that's the other thing. She went from daddy would want us to carry on to head of state under the tutelage of Deanna, mm-hmm. who I thought was a fairly lightweight politician too. Like if Deanna was a real, like know. impressive politician, mm-hmm. I might have thought, okay, well her, her just telling me that she's impressed by Maggie would have carried more weight, but I was never really overly impressed with Deanna. So 
this yeah, transference guess... by authority doesn't work for, very well for me. And also, tell, yeah. telling versus showing is always the loser approach. <laughs> sure. Uh, he also, I'm not sure if you agree with this, but let's let's test you here. Maggie and Glenn have no chemistry, despite being together for five seasons and now starting a family. They used to. They used to have a ton of it. They yeah. used to. It's just it's gone now, and I don't know if that's on purpose. If it's just like you know they've had bigger fish to fry lately. This isn't the prison anymore. They seem cute when they're together in public. I've se- I've observed them firsthand, like at cons and stuff. Maybe they're fucking. <laughs> they want to just take it. I, off that the might, I don't know. They might both be married with kids. So I'm not trying to start shit, but okay. I, I'm being funny. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly what's missing. I will say that for the first time in a long time, I felt Glenn and Maggie were kind of cute together. Huh. And I've kind of. I think I said that again. I didn't like, get that this episode. <laughs> really? Yeah, not really. I don't know what the. I mean, Glenn especially seems like he's really. Like, like they had a nice moment when they found out the guy's an obstetrician, and then when they're talking about their show, and then him. You know that that's something that happens today. Like you take your you take your sonogram into work and you show it off to people. Everybody does it, and your friends yeah. smile. I mean, that yeah. felt like a you know a, a apocalypse version of a Facebook conversation. You know, it, it felt right. it felt made dad it made Glenn feel like a proud dad to be, and I think some of that shine rubbed off on their relationship too. I think there's so right. It's not a new relationship anymore and they're getting outshined by Rashawn now. Uh they're they're the couple that everybody's rooting for again. Uh but also like but it is a problem when you have two characters together that don't have chemistry. Like I I'm having that problem with Abraham and Sasha, have that kind of problem with like Glenn and Maggie and you know they I don't have that problem like I think Abraham and Rosita have a lot of chemistry. I think yeah. Denise and Tara have a lot of chemistry. Right, I think they're almost Aaron and Daryl, tons of chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and they're obviously a couple. Uh I, I would be. almost say they might be doing this on purpose because there hmm. has been a lot of tension in their relationship with Glenn like risking himself, him being gone for so long and coming back like he has like she might be worried about him, yeah. he might be worried about this baby thing. Well, there's yeah. a lot of I feel like there's a lot more tension in their relationship than these other carefree ones, right? Okay. Abraham just doesn't give a fuck about anything. He's just plowing. Sure. Uh, Rick and Michonne are new, so they're they're in the honeymoon period. Okay. I think I think there's good reason for it. All right. Uh, Ryan says, love the show. I'm not this far along in the comics, so I don't know if this is the outcome, but if Maggie's baby has complications and dies in the womb, it will either eat through her that would be insane. Get the zombie baby <laughs> shit out of here. Definitely a first for the genre. Or would an unborn zombie infant to be too weak slash no teeth? Yes. So the emergency C-section like we see in Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I feel like a zombie baby <laughs> would just feel like a very restless baby because they have no fingernails and uh, they have no teeth. So what right. the fuck are they going to do? We, we gave the show shit for having zombies rip a single zombie rip open Daryl's guts. Uh-huh. Or sorry, Dale's guts. Uh-huh. Uh, imagine a zombie fetus clawing yeah. its way out of a womb. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it'd just be like a re- very restless baby. Uh and also I right. think it would go necrotic and probably kill the mother. Yeah. Um I know, and it's also not the first Z Nation broke that virginity like 2 years ago. Like I sure. the zombie baby concept, no. Not not entertaining it. I'm still waiting for it, but Jim will entertain the hell out of it. Yes, I will. And now that I, I'm doing feedback, well, I'm I'm entertaining all comers. All the zombie baby emails. <laughs> Bring it on. But yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it for the episode. What else do we? Uh, what do well, we if, do you want us, uh, if you want to send us more feedback, uh, always uh, shout that out. Uh, watching dead at baldmove.com is where the email goes. You can also discuss 
the episode uh, on our Watching Dead forums at forums.baldmove.com. Mm. Care to do that? But don't expect to get your feedback read there. Nope. It's too much email, too much of the, the prime source. Yeah, it's really helped moving this up to Monday. We have a lot less a lot less in-time feedback. Sure. <laughs> I have to try that with Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, boy. Good luck. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we do have a spoiler section, I guess. If uh-huh. I've got a few emails, and I don't know if there's anything you want I to talk about. I have some multiple topics I want to talk about. Okay, cool. So if you want to uh, hear those spoilers, sit back and uh, enjoy the music for a second, and we'll see you on the other side of it. If not... We'll see you next week. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. And we're back with the spoiler section. Let's uh, let Aaron have his say before we get to these feedbacks. So, so I know I always give shit for the Kirkman remixes when they don't work out. And I got to say that I feel like that there's been some cumulative remixes that have been working for me. Okay. To wit, the fact that they swapped Torture of Jesus for Aaron. Uh, that, like, you know, they held him and, like, punched him and tortured him oh, with applesauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually more right. of a Jesus plot, but I felt like... It flows more naturally with Rick's group progression right here. And it also makes, like, I, you know, if, if Jesus not only is the perfect character, but he also remains silent, you know, and, and doesn't doesn't get provoked when he's being tortured, it'd be, like, too much. Too much. Mm-hmm. And if they tortured okay. both of them, it would just be them, you know, building a Death Star, too. It's just, we've seen this, we're over it. Yeah. Similarly, I talked about this a bit in the main cast, but I really like how they, they by transforming Douglas into Deanna... And having her not be as confrontational or not as, as like, dick-swinging confrontational, just, like, pointlessly confrontational, as I recall him being with it, Rick, it makes a much higher contrast between this Gregory guy, who I remember, okay. I, again, I remember thinking very much, like, Jesus Christ, this Doug, Douglas, and Gregory are the same two peas in one pod that Rick's going to have to stomp on. Okay, that's nice. Then. So that's a nice um, breath of fresh air. I also... Really love the whole references to the other communities that they're trading with. That really gives me hope that they've they're they're going to have the kingdom. And honestly, I saw the set for uh, the hilltop, and you're disappointed by its size. But to me, this feels like where Walking Dead wants to live. Give them a few set, largely outdoor locations that are consistent that they can tell stories at for years to come cheaply and inexpensively and i feel like they're a pig and slop right now and you know maybe this is never going to be a top tier top shelf show but at least things are interesting and things are happening and things are moving forward yeah that's and we're not just we're not just having the same fucking streets and the same fucking woods and it's it's actually laying down roots but in a an expansive place not a restrictive place where you had like the the woodbury and prison plot yeah uh, I, I do want to say, so we've talked a little bit about this show, you know, potentially being a 20-year show, whatever. Mm-hmm. They keep saying they, they want to drag it out. Uh, how, going into, like, how quickly we've gotten through, I don't know, the Terminus stuff, for instance. Yeah. I feel like um, Alexandria, like, the introduction of that didn't last too long. Like, did not stay its welcome too much for me. Yeah, I think uh, it was a little long, but yeah, nothing... Not like the prison arc no, or God, the no. farm no, or anything no, no, like no, that. No, no. Uh, 
I feel like they'd been doing better just moving the plot along Agreed. in recent years. Uh, and I guess, like, judging on some of the feedback we got, the spoiler stuff, we're somewhere around issue, like, 97-ish Yep. now, and there are 150-plus of them. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, two-thirds of the way through the comic book run. How do you feel about the timeline going forward? Uh, Well, that's always been a question for me. Is Kirkman dreading the show catching up? Uh, since he gets about 12 issues a year and they burn through double that probably in a season, it's, it feels like. Uh, At least he, in a decent these season. These issues yeah. are very, very brief. Most yeah. of them you can read in five, ten minutes. Like there's just like it's it's like a, a the, it, an issue takes place in a span between two commercial breaks is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. So, but it feels like we've got a lot of momentum now, and we're catching up. I've always wondered whether Kirkman is kind of looking at relief, like, oh, I can't wait to... Because it seems like he loves this remix shit. Yeah. And what better way to remix than to say, I'm going to take this comic in this direction, I'm going to take the show in this direction, and then I can do all the different stories I want to do. Mm-hmm. Or, as a creative person, he's like, man, that's like draining a sponge at, at you know, like I'm, I'm squeezing the sponge twice as hard. With the same ideas. Now yeah. I've got a whole room of writers on the show. Presumably, I could help, and it's also encouraging that you know my whipping boy Matthew Negrete, who's the Mister Power Rangers, who's Mister Pomone and Timba, <laughs> Tumba, what a Pomone and Tumba, what yeah, Tumba, Matata guys, <laughs> Timon and Pumba. Yes. Uh, he's Mister Penguins of Madagascar. He's finally fucking wrote an episode that doesn't make me roll my eyes out of my head. Yeah, like from sh- from sheer repetition, he's gotten. De- decently good at something. Yeah, gotta get your reps in. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we got to see him practice on you know something that 19 million people watch. But they're finally getting this stable of where you know they they've got the go ahead with these locations and the plot to actually tell these stories in a in a fairly rapid paced manner. I don't know. I feel like you know that so so what's going to happen after this war with Negan Negan Jesus uh, is that we're going to have a time jump. Huh. And okay. what? And that's about where I stopped reading the comics. Uh, there's this whisper arc, and I got about an episode or two into there, or issue or two into there, and then I I stopped reading because I was I felt like it was doing me no favors for the show analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, but that opens up a huge amount of possibilities, and, and 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 again, the things I find really interesting about the zombie apocalypse: how does the human landscape start to change and adapt and evolve um, after you've kind of mastered? Like, you know, human versus yeah. zombie concept of combat, human versus human combat. So right. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's plenty of stories to tell. Okay. That uh, I don't feel like even if they eclipse the comics, I'm not sure that's even a bad thing. Right. Like like we were dreading the eclipsing of Game of Thrones. I will say though that and I, I think that they're setting up this stuff with Glenn. Like, they are doing a good job, I think, of showing him and Maggie. I know the chemistry is not as great, but they are reminding us that they're a couple and that they love each other and they're trying so hard. And it feels like with Maggie intoning, this is going to cost us something, that this is really ushering in to the the baseball bat to Glenn's head theory. But I can't help but bemoan the fact that they just cock-teased us with Glenn's death last season – and don't forget that Kirkman did this on that uh, midnight with Chris Hardwick saying that Negan's going to show up and beat Glenn's head brains out with a baseball bat. Does he have the balls to say something like that and just to go ahead with it? 
I don't know. It's interesting. There's also uh, because they're laying tracks that makes me now that this could either be a big fake out that they're going to go and bash Daryl's head, which I would say they're doing a good job of making me really doubt that plan right now. Mm-hmm. Or is it literally they're just going to? I feel like the, the Glenn thing at this point would be less effective. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, th- there's so EW cover the Entertainment Weekly cover. Uh-huh. Uh, Joanne sent in something that I didn't include in the show, but now that we're talking about it, I might as well mention it. Uh, she sent an EW cover with Daryl on it and said, hey, if you look up at the title of the cover, there's what appears to be a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. And there most certainly is. Mm-hmm. It's just real tiny over this giant EW letters, mm-hmm. uh, almost like you wouldn't even notice it. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, boy, is Daryl going to get the bat? Well, I went and I looked at EW's website, and apparently mm-hmm. this is like one of those collector cover editions or whatever yeah. where they have a bunch of different characters, and every single one has the bat on it. So I think... They're hinting that, oh, the bat's going to happen. Yeah. And they're trying to say, who's it going to happen yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Well, that... So I think that, that more firmly roots the bat idea. <sighs> like, that that is actually going to be a plot point that they do. Man, I just don't know. I, I can't tell whether this is too cute and it's just going to blow up right. in their faces. Because past experience would suggest it will. Yeah. But right. on the other hand, they're executing at a noticeably higher level this season. So uh-huh. is this... Is this a trend or is this a, 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 a luck that they've fallen into like they have so many times before? That's a good question. Here's another thought. Okay. Uh, we're three seasons into an eight-episode half season, right? Five three mo- episodes into an eight. Or yeah, three sure. episodes into an eight-episode sure. run. Sure. This last half season. They've set up, we're going to go do this thing, which is take out Negan. I've heard speculation that Negan doesn't show up until the very end of this That's feeling... This appro- run. Like, honestly, I would have decried that, but now into the season okay. where we're at, it feels like an appropriate pace. I was going to ask you. Uh, we know that there's probably going to be some organizing for an episode. Yep. That seems we're, like what next episode is going to be all about, honestly. We're pretty sure they're going to go with that'll this be, Tara we'll be at the half. Thing. We'll be at the half point. Well... I, you didn't read any of it, but there is a lot of feedback saying that Tara in real life is pregnant. She's not. She had her baby in November of last year. But that's when they were filming this half season. They always film the second half season in like September, October, November. That's why they have the okay. Walker Stalker Con. So if you she couldn't right, show up for right, filming right. for like two, three episodes, what better way than say she's going? That's actually smart. Like something I'm not used to Walking Dead huh. doing, giving me a real life universe reason that this person's going to be gone. Okay, maybe yeah. Or it's also just as likely that she's got a three episode art coming up, but with her being huge pregnant, like you know, if she gave the baby in November, that means she was bursting out. Right. So that's that's hard to shoot around. Okay. And they, I've seen it I'm done in shows, but yeah, but that's so, so I, maybe we won't see the road show. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll skip that. So it's like uh, they get the moralizing. That's that's at the halfway point. That means there's four episodes. There needs to be. If it goes down like the books, then they'll need to have a faint where they initially seem like they're very successful. And then they'll have an episode or two of like some random adventures between them and the hilltop. Maybe they'll introduce the kingdom. If they're feel- Here's the I, other I feel question. like if they introduce the kingdom, that's that's easy time filler. And then ne- Negan comes in as the hammer at the end. If they don't introduce yeah. the kingdom, it feels like four episodes is too much. Well, could they, could they save maybe some late shooting to bring Tara back and have her and have her and or Heath be menaced by menaced or killed or whatever by Negan. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like you could you may, in fact, maybe they're the ones that come, they're the ones tied up. 
Yeah. And, you know, Negan offers to bash one of their brains in and in return for being left into the full, let back into the full. I mean, that would make a lot of sense if they just go away and we don't see them and then they yeah. come back in that And way. like I said, like I would be totally devastated if Tara dies for not because I care about Tara necessarily, but because I really like Denise at this point. And yeah. Denise cares about Tara. Right. So that would work for me. Okay. I did. I just, I, Until I saw this episode, I was convinced that that Glenn is going to be safe because why else would you, you know, why else would you remix and and do the fake out death and then do the real death later? Go for Daryl, go for somebody else. But, boy, they seem to be really building the scaffolding for that arc to work a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of speculation on this in the feedback, and I want to just go ahead and tie it into our conversation here. Uh, Kevin... We'll start with Kevin, and then I'll jump back to Matt. Uh, Kevin says, first time, long time. Good, good, good one. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on the way the – good one on me for leaving it the fuck in there. You left the cocksucker. I know. In, I normally take that out. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the way the writing department set up the upcoming baseball bat scene. At first, when Daryl spoke up that they could beat Negan and the Saviors, uh, I knew his fate was sealed as the victim. So he's going with the Daryl theory. Okay. However, my opinion started to change drastically once Maggie and Glenn began to have their moment at the doctor office. Yep. Throw in the Abraham mental breaks, and I think this set up quite a knot to untie. I'm a little worried that Gimple mm. and Kirkman are going a little too meta and trying to throw off the comic readers as well as leave options open for show watchers. Yep. Which leads me partly into wondering if the if we end this season not on someone being beaten to death on screen, but perhaps the lineup of everyone being tied up. Then we fade back to black as Negan picks up uh, picks his candidate and swings for the fences. I think this leaves the writers open to figure out who they're going to kill during the offseason and gives the wiggle room to see what the fallout is going to be from the main characters. Death. I would hate that. That's a pick a serious f- cliffhanger. Yeah, pick pick <laughs> somebody. You can you can fade to black and everyone's shocked expression, but I I don't know. What if you as he's counting like as he's doing the eeny meeny miny thing, uh-huh. it's fading to black and you never see the mo. You you never see or where you hear, he lands. You hear, the smack. you hear him say it. You hear the smack, but you don't see it. I don't know. I feel. I feel like that might work. It might. It it it, it could work. I could. I don't. It would trust get people them to talking. Make it work for sure. It would get people the buzz going. But I prefer a definitive. I much okay. like my cliffhangers where you have this shocking action, and the cliffhanger is what the fuck is going to happen next? How how will that affect everyone? Yes, know? this seems like a something you cannot come back from. How do you come back from it? I don't like the. What's going to happen, Cliffhanger, as much as this just happened, now what, Cliffhanger? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm so, with you. I know, I don't really want to get... And I do feel like, uh, I said too cute, you could say too meta, they are a little up their ass about trying to play hot potato with this plot line. I, yeah. You got to do that. So, everyone does it. Game of Thrones is doing it right now. Doing it hard. Yeah. But are. I feel like there's a line that you probably should stay... To, to the inside of and the walking dead feels like they like walking past that line. And I feel like this is the first time game of Thrones has done it. Yes. I think they usually give you a death, show you it and go, Oh my God. Yeah. And they're, they're not as much for the remixes. So they, they have yeah. to kind of do what, what, what the thing is done. And you know, it's like, they're at the point, this is the exciting thing about game of Thrones. They're at the point where they're about to go off the page. They're they're about okay. to eclipse the written word. They're you know we're we're talking. They're they're doing what we're talking about. Walking Dead doing three four years from now. It should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, go back to Matt from Chicago. He's got another speculation. Sasha is toast. I debated on whether or not I can actually say this fucking line because it's a just a f- terrible line and it's fairly offensive. Uh, 
Sasha is toast. Probably not this season, but definitely next season. She's being set up to receive the same fate as Holly from the comics. Uh, in the comics, the character Holly was in a relationship with Abraham and was murdered by Negan because he mistook her for Andrea, who is still act- alive and banging Rick. So he was trying to get at Rick for that whole thing. So he abducts a black girl. Right. So Negan killed who he thought was Andrea because this is this is a fucking line in the comics, I guess. Mm-hmm. You can break a man by fucking his vagina. This seems like straight out of Trey Parker and Matt Stone's mouth, honestly. No, I mean, that's Negan. He's he's very inappropriate. I know. Uh, so Sasha is definitely being set up in a relationship with Abraham, and she is the only person in town who, quote-unquote, resembles Rick's vagina, Michonne. I feel bad saying this stuff. Yeah, that'd but... be super like Louis C.K. if they abduct Rosita thinking it's Michonne. Rosita? That's what I'm saying, like... Right, you that, can't. That's, you can't that's, mistake. That's that's, that's like that's like Looney Tunes if that happens. Uh-huh. I agree. Uh, so he says sometimes next sometime next season I fully expect to see Sasha kidnapped and then murdered by Negan because he thinks she's Michonne and he's okay, trying to break that's, spirit. That's a pretty good. Re- that's a pretty good remix. Yeah. So not it. Not directly. I thought that was going to be more bat related. But yeah. It, it was not. Yeah. No. That's a pretty good remix. I could see that. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and then we go on to Isaac, who does have some bat-related comments. So I'm watching the show again after giving up the Glenn shit, uh, like so many others. And aside from the garbage season premiere, the last episode was the best in recent years. He's talking about the next world. Uh, good for them. The reason for my email, there's been a lot of speculation online about who will die at the hand or bat of Negan. And the general consensus is that it, it will be Daryl instead of Glenn as a way to both separate the show from the comic and huh. also to do fan service for people... Yep. Uh, and for the story by killing a character we love dearly, yet also sparing another, especially since we already know that he was really supposed to die based on the source material. I, for one, think this would suck. The reasoning behind all the articles sacrificing Daryl seems to be because he blew up Negan's men and killed the other dude that Negan would have that, uh, that Negan would have, have it out for him for revenge, of course. The first thing is, if that's true... No one true, knows that. Right. The first thing is, if that's true, how would Negan know it was Daryl? Was he watching from far somewhere? Maybe that car in the distance? Oh, yeah, that's true. We, we already opened the door to that. Yeah, yeah. I dismissed that as being a production error. But Same here. We'll see. Uh, but the real reason it would suck is is it would immediately rip the heart out of the gut punch of Glenn's death and the introduction of Negan's sadistic and nihilistic tendencies. Go with me here. Glenn's death was so shocking, not only because of how vicious it was, but because of how it happened. Glenn died completely randomly after a game of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe. In theory, it could have been anybody, mm-hmm. which was so jolting about that scene. I remember reading in the comic wondering, fuck, who's it going to land on? And when it landed on Glenn and Negan actually went through with the deed, we knew this guy wasn't fucking around. Sure. If the theory holds true and Negan instead kills Daryl simply out of revenge for his fallen soldiers, technically he is somehow justified in doing that, right? He killed my guys, I kill you. It makes him seem a lot more safe. Yeah. Like he's yeah. a man who can, if not be reasoned with, at least you can predict him a bit. Right. And Negan's greatest strength is that he's just, you just, you just don't know. Uh, the he has email. a moral code, but you, you, it's like a, like the kind of like HP Lovecraft. It's alien and foreign <laughs> and pure beyond chaos. your human understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he find he ends up personally, I think they should go through with Glenn death, uh, especially because so many are expecting them not to, but don't be shocked if a true wild card gets thrown in and Negan kills Michonne. They're setting us up for it with the whole Michonne love story. Uh, that would be something. Glendeth is my favorite scotch. Glendeth. I, yeah, I mean, my only thing is, uh, 
the only reason I started floating Daryl around is for, for contract reasons. Eventually, you know, I'm, I'm this is a meta reason, but I feel like AMC Productions is going to want to cut costs. Outside Andrew Lincoln, I got to think that Norman Reedus is their second biggest casting cost. For sure, yeah. So you can't get rid of Rick. Cut him out. Number two, uh, at this point with what they've done with Glenn's character and the state he's in with Maggie, they're trying to rehabilitate that. But for a sheer gut punch to fan community, yeah, Daryl's death would be that for the TV show watching audience the way Glenn's death was for us reading the comic. Yeah. No, so that's why I've always repped Glenn, and I think uh, you know, and Tara would be not as not as good as any of them, but that'd be, I guess, the safe option if you didn't want to abandon characters, but you still want right. to make it sting for the majority of people. So I don't know which of those ways they're going to go, and and it's kind of brilliant that they have played this meta game so much that I really can't read the tea leaves. I can make arguments for both sides or all <laughs> you sides. Know, you know, I'm thinking about it. What? If I'm Alana Masterson, right, and uh-huh. they carry me through, they hide my pregnancy, sure. they send me out on a mission so I can uh-huh. be off camera have, while sure. I'm having my kid, and they bring me back and they fucking kill me immediately, mm. I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. How pissed can you be? Pretty pissed. <laughs> I, I would be pretty pissed. Uh, that would just be a cruel fate for her, mm. for, for specifically for the actress. Not Well, there, there not you the go. That's The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's a harsh world. It's the cruelest cut. Uh, that's all we got. Okay, that's it. I think we uh, did did service. We actually had a an email from Edwin C explaining like all the differences between the comics, but it's fucking two pages of feedback, and we're running a lot a lot long here. So. Okay. Uh, we might like we might some uh, you know we're gonna have a rush of spoilers. Maybe we can review some of those when it starts slowing down. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. I, you know, it's it's. I it felt like that they've adhered to the comic a lot more closely of late, and I think that's why the the momentum has been building. Yeah, so much. They're not dicking around with side missions right. and uh, you know fill, fleshing out characters that so they can you know like Beths just so you can kill them. It it seems like an improvement. I hope it's an intentional yeah. one and not something that they just kind of stumbled into. Uh-huh. Or if they stumbled into it, maybe like, hey, you know what? When we follow the comic, <laughs> it seems to go well. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. Well, that's all I got. So, you get anything else? Or uh, watchingdeadatballmove.com. Okay. Uh, cool. Pilot on Jim and forums.baldmove.com if you uh, want to talk with us and if you just want to keep up with what we're doing, baldmove.com, facebook.com slash baldmove, and Twitter at baldmove. Cool. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. See ya. <laughs>